What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast, episode 197. Man, we're close to 200. It's it's getting up there. But good morning. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, as always, joined by my illustrious panel, starting with the man, the myth, the seven himself, Mr. Rodriguez. What's happening, sir? I'm here. I'm waiting for my coffee. Uh, You're waiting for coffee? Yeah. I got Starbucks yeah. coming. Yeah, he's definitely going to get up. We get Starbucks delivered to your house? By my wife. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. I was very confused. <laughs> no, she's, she's coming with the almond milk latte here pretty soon. Okay. All of this checks out, from my understanding of Dan, by the way. I don't yeah. know him well, but all of this checks out so far. Yeah, I look forward <laughs> to listening to him drink it. With yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I got a straw. I'm going to yeah, just drink it right good. through a straw. Uh, yeah, let's try not that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hello, Mr. Dan is the host of Virtual Legality. You know him well, Mr. Hoke himself. Good morning, sir. Good morning, everybody. You know what's remarkable about that introduction, Ains, yeah. is that it has better music than the Halo television show. I'm looking forward to talking about <laughs> it. You know, someone gave us a comment yesterday complaining about the music. I said, don't get Hoke started. Don't get him started. We're going to have some bad. fun today. Yeah, we're going to have a chat today. Hatless Hoke today, by the way. Hatless Right. Hogue. Right, I was told in the pre-show that Travis didn't believe I had hair, so here we go. Yeah. I was a, I was a, I was a hair denier of. Mm -hmm. uh, of uh, yeah. We got to settle some scores, set some yeah. things straight today. A whole lot of topics. Yeah, 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 yeah. And last but certainly not least, who uh, apparently was up late tabletop RPG in last night, Mister mm -hmm. Ty Guy Travis. Is that the reason, mm -hmm. Travis? That is the reason. Yeah, I was up till four AM being a game master, man. Because my I life is it. super cool. I think based on that, we can say that I'm last and least. I think that's okay. Let's just. I, I love yeah. it. Now I want to see Tiny Travis's Wonderlands too. I, oh, want, I, sure. I want you in there DMing. For sure, for sure. I'd, yeah. I'd buy the hell out of that game. I would love Hell yeah, that. dude! I would love that. I've always wanted to write like a comedy uh, video game, but yeah, that's a, that's for the the second half of my career when I get okay. uh, laughed laughed out of critic uh, work. Um, we have seen that journalist pipeline. We we have sure. seen that happen. For so, sure, yeah. You, know, yeah. you never it's know. True. It's true. It's true. Apparently, I remind somebody in chat of Jimmy Neutron, which I for sure know who that is. <laughs> Are you? Do you seriously not know who? So that's past even my generation. Is that between us? All right. Wow. Have kids? Oh, Is I thought you were us? kidding, Travis. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jimmy Neutron. Oh, okay. Right. You guys all know him. Is he an old reference? Is that? Oh, what he's, it is? He, he's. I was old by the time he was. Popular. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, past that. He's like the okay. kids after us, at least. Okay. Does it, you just missed it. Is, it, is it is it something you'd only know about if you didn't grow up in abject poverty? Okay, Nickelodeon. It wasn't okay, coming good. in through the air. Got yeah. it, got it. It All wasn't right. on channel um, three, six, or ten. You probably missed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's oh, tears man. behind that laughter. Can you hear that? <laughs> yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh man, we got a good show today. We're gonna be talking about several uh Topics including uh, E3's cancellation and what that means for, you know, just game events in the future, what we expect to see, what we want to see. We're going to be talking about, of course, PlayStation Plus finally, uh, or PlayStation finally unveiling their Spartacus, their new Plus program, which was less new than I think we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, we got Summer Game Fest. We have, um, uh, we're of course going to talk about uh, episode two of Halo, the TV series, which uh, should be a blast. And uh, a couple of things, new game releases and whatnot. But before we do that, I want to uh, congratulate us, guys. I'm going to pat ourselves on the back. I always because... love doing that. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> because uh, I 
went in yesterday morning and I took a look. I take maybe twice a week, kind of look at the analytics behind Big Cast. And that includes everything, right? Not just YouTube, but podcast listens, downloads, all these things. And I can officially say, in case you missed the news on Twitter yesterday, that over this past seven days, it's a rolling seven days, but past seven days, we have uh, the most, I can't even speak this morning, the highest traffic we've ever seen over a seven day period. Um, so it's pretty wild to me, guys, that, you know, I, I look back and I know, Dan, you joined early. We talked before. It was like episode 30 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a time period where if we got 50 views or listens, we were happy. We were like, all right, cool. We're hitting it. You know what I mean? And 15 of those were friends. You know what I mean? So um, it's it's crazy to me that, uh, uh, you know, this has grown to what it'd be. I never really envisioned that the big cast would hit thousands of viewers and listeners a week, which is nuts. So. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> it is all Travis. <laughs> We're having fun to see the money maker. Yeah. That's yeah. Here but it's cool, man. It's cool. So thank you. Anyone who's listening, uh, who listens to us every week, uh, which is apparently a lot more people than I, I realized or has really ramped up. Thank you guys so much. We do do our best to make it a good show for audio listeners as well. If you can't join us live. And of course, all of you in chat right now and uh, people who check this out later on YouTube. Thank you guys so much. It's uh it, it means a lot to us. It really is. It's encouraging and humbling and all of those things at the same time. So it's good stuff. Sorry Take for ass. talking about Hoag's hair, audio listeners, but trust me, it's a big deal. Well, that's, that's right. I was, I, I was actually going to say, well, it's not like we talk about visual elements so much, but we did yeah. we did open up with, he's not wearing a hat. <laughs> now, they can, now they can tune in and see Just for themselves. Just the Team Fortress 2 sponsorship, Hoag. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, so before we obviously get into the uh, topics, why don't we talk about uh, what we've been playing? And, guys, I'm going to start with a little title called Weird West. I've been which, playing that, too. Yeah, man. So it uh, it released this week on all platforms, pretty much all major platforms. It also released in Game Pass. Um, I did get a code for the game. I got it late because I, I think I actually forgot to put a request in for it. So I reached out early in the week, got the code. I had two days before embargo to try and play it. So my review came a little later, but I did grind the hell out of it this week. Finished it yes, uh, finished it Friday, and my review went up yesterday. And I really enjoyed it. Um, Can I just it, say how amazing you guys as reviewers are? I know the left side of the screen is reviewers and, and the right side. Well, Dan, you review <laughs> stuff too, right? So yeah. it's... To me, as a, as a gamer, I, I'm literally in, you know, DM with you, Ains, and everything else. I just get yeah. Weird West. I'm settling down. I just did my law for the day. Uh, I get like an hour and a half a night. I'm playing yeah. it. And like in pops Ains with just beat it. I'm like, now I've been keeping track of this in my head. This is two days ago that, that you got this game. And you yeah. respond by saying, well, uh, w- when you're reviewing, this is this is the life. Um, and one, I want to say that's awesome. Two, I'm very glad it's not me. Because I, I lose a certain amount of joy uh, from the hobby rushing to finish things uh, to yeah. get them out for a deadline and, and review. So, you know. Yeah. I think Actually, it's um, Yeah. Ains and I on this show have talked about how sometimes reviewing a game ruins it. It does um, hurt. When you, have to, yeah. when you have to play through it. It certainly changes your relationship and the way you think about it. But, yeah, a lot of times with, like, a big open world RPG, it can really kill it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, and I'll be completely honest. This game... It's one of those games where there's a lot of decision making. There's a lot of exploration you can do, and you can really take your time with it. Um, and by there's five character arcs that you play through. Um, and I, by the time I got to baby, maybe around the end of the third one, I got to the fourth and fifth character arc. I was like, if I want to finish this this week, I'm going to have to push through. Yeah. And I just, you know, I just 
ran through it. You know what I mean? Uh, and not not that I didn't do the side stuff. I actually got the achievements for doing extra side missions and all that. But I mean, I I grinded the hell out of it. There's a couple, um, couple moments there where you wouldn't have been playing in the uh, outside the review capacity. Because I do know that oh, yes. a little oh, bit. Yes. Where it's like, well, I would have stopped here and gone and watched basketball or a Batman movie or whatever. Yep. And uh, Multiple so times. I, I just wanted to pop in and say that because I, I did see that happen in real time where I'm like, all right, I'm settling in. I've been looking forward to Weird West for a long time. And then Ains pops in with, I'm done. I'm like, A, how short is it, Ains? And then, and then B, you know, uh, that's just really, really impressive. Because I'm sitting around there, as you said, it's got – you can go live there as long as you want. It's got kind of a refillable bounty hunting system if you want to go get money. And because I'm so bad at it, I yield about 10 bucks a, a bounty hunt quest <laughs> compared to the resources I spend. Uh, but I've been enjoying just that and really slowly advancing through things. So uh, without any pressure, you know, I've probably done six hours of just, just strolling around wild westing. So it's cool. It's very cool. And, uh, what I didn't expect out of it is two things, really. One, I didn't expect, like, they talked about it being an immersive sim and having this open sandbox, and it really does. There's there's a lot of different ways you can approach situations, which is really fun. Um, and then what I also didn't expect is, uh, as you go through the character arcs, the story culminates with all of them together. And, and it, it talks about a bigger sense of, uh, you know, kind of... Uh, I don't know, you know, worldish topics or human, you know, things that you think about from uh, from being a, a mortal being on this planet. And uh, it, it's kind of interesting. I didn't expect that. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was uh, Wolf Eye Studios first game. Uh, X, the head of that studio is someone who used to work at Arcane Studios. It's such and an arcane game. It is. It's a, it it's such a 2D an arcane isometric game. arcane game. That's exactly what it is. And it's great. Oh, I love that. I love that efficiency. I love, mm -hmm. so you know this about me. I love entrepreneurs and dreamers and things like that. So you can see it's arcane popping out and saying, what can we do? We can't create a jillion assets. We can't build prey again. What yeah. can we make that still is within our wheelhouse of what we want to do? And so it's this isometric cool 60 frames per second, very slick feeling game, but with with what the resources they had in front of them to make. And yeah. to me, that's just, that's awesome. That is, is clearly well managed. That is clearly well thought about. That is well planned. And I love this studio now with one game under their belt. So, yeah, me too. I put in my review. I'm going to be watching them closely. And, uh, you know, I have some gripes with it. I gave it a seven and a half, uh, which, you know, is still a very good game. Um, I have some gripes with it. But I think my gripes were more around exactly what you said. It's not bad design. It's that the game could have been, could have had aspects that were more uh, fleshed out, broader, et cetera. But I'm sure they had to keep scope a little narrower, first game, smaller studio. So, you know, that doesn't really detract from it too much. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it, man. It's a great game. And thanks for the compliment about reviews. I mean, Travis knows, obviously, probably better than I do. But uh, it, it is it is an interesting double-edged sword. Um, it is like, uh, sometimes you're very excited to get a game. Like when I got Elden Ring code, you know, nearly two <laughs> weeks before launch, I was literally ecstatic. That's the but dream. Then, yeah. But then the, but then the reality sets in that you have 10 days to finish a gigantic game and write about it and, you know, do all these other things you have to do for a review. And it, it can be stressful sometimes. Luckily I get paid the big bucks to do it. So <laughs> I don't want to go too far inside baseball, I guess, but do you, do you take like copious notes when you're playing? And this is for Travis too. I mean, is that, I do. What does that process look like? So you're taking a lot of notes. So that's, that's separating time. yourself from the game playing element as well. A little bit. Yeah. I, I literally have my phone. I don't know how Travis does, but I have my phone next to me and I create a new notes page for every game I review. And I basically okay. will pause and just type notes out 
constantly. So I don't, because you do forget things as you're playing, right? Sure. Like I, I've made the mistake early on when I went back to review a game that I didn't take notes. And then like, I'll publish a review and then I'll reread it, you know, and it'll be like, oh my God, I forgot this. Oh my God, I forgot <laughs> this, you know? And it's like, I don't want to do that anymore. That's how I feel at the end of videos. It's like, oh, I was going to say this thing. Oh, well. Yep. So the time has passed. It's uploaded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I used to take notes and I kind of don't anymore just because I kind okay. of felt like if I forget about it by the end of the game, it probably doesn't belong in the review. It's kind of my feeling, you know? <laughs> like all right, it, filter. Yeah. It's like if, it, if it, it, all, it's, it's just the highlights, baby, you know? But I've also got like a pretty um, – I feel like IGN style is pretty uh, – it may it, it it means you have to kind of razor blade it a little bit. You got to take a machete to the review. So I've read Ains's reviews, and you guys like, are pre- you guys are pretty concise. Yeah, yeah. Ains's reviews are like hysterically long. So it's like, yeah, he's he's got to take long. notes. Man. They're pretty bad. They're, dude, with... you got you got chunks. Like, I was gonna say, what like, one? Yeah, what one did I read that was just massively long? Yeah, well, like last month. Was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. Depends on the game too, right? Like yeah. a, a small indie game. Like, well, Weird West. I think my I think my review is fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred. Is your Horizon review? Is that the one that's crazy long? That was Steve, who's in the chat right now, who reviewed that. That's a long one, but that's a big game. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was Eric. I don't I don't know. Eric is in the chat. Eric is a newer writer for season gaming. And we gave him a little a little joke crap about uh, his first review. He did was like, I don't know what it was. Fifty five hundred words or something. We're like, yeah, you need to cut this out. Man. I, I, I'm in no look. Everybody <laughs> that comes into virtually Gotti's comment says I, I'm not watching a 41 minute video. I'm like, eh, these topics are tough. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in no position to complain about that. In fact, I'm not complaining. I actually like that. But I also understand um, the you know, the the big media company that wants to keep things rolling to the next page and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. It's just different. Yeah, it's just yeah, different. Absolutely. Like funny enough, uh, I talked with ACG this week, who's obviously a huge reviewer on YouTube, one of the biggest. And we talked for two hours of my uh, Patreon exclusive conversation this month. And uh, we talked about that because his Weird West review is 24 minutes long. And it's like to some people that's a, that's extremely long. Right. And then there's other people who are like, you know what? He goes into a lot of detail about game design and why they did certain things. And a lot of some people enjoy that. You know what I mean? So I was going to say it, the YouTube critic community, you can go three hours if you're if you're sure. got that kind of personality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we started doing those hour long reviews, I guess. Uh, I know at least at IGN, it's not about like getting people on the next part article. It's it's actually just like our editor believes very strongly in like if you can't say it in this many words, you're, you know, concise. <laughs> you're not saying it well. <laughs> this is kind of his. Sure. It's, it's it definitely is like a style thing. But yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. So, I didn't mean fun- to impugn IGN. I can impugn them with other things like graphics sure. later on in this episode. <laughs> but I, I didn't mean to impugn them on that. It wasn't a clickbait. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I, I was just hoping to provide like a little context. No, I appreciate there. it. Yeah, I'm sure some of it. Like, actually, IGN has done like an hour long review before. Like we've we've had like or like very long ones, but they're exceptions, and usually like the editor's like shaking his fist. Honestly, to give credit where credit's due, if you, if when I look across the major game media companies, right. Um, IGN reviews are one of the ones that don't rub me negatively. You know what I mean? Like I, I think they do a pretty good job of, of narrowing that down. Whereas you see some reviews from some of the other major ones, and you're like, this is just it, terrible. Like, well, what are we doing? Company. It's all the, all these are big companies, right? So like yeah. IGN, I tell people they, they get on me because I sometimes tweet about things I don't like from IGN. And I sometimes tweet about things I do. And I say, hey, look, IGN employs two of my favorite reviewers, which I'm not going to name here because, frankly, I don't want anybody to get a big head <laughs> on this show. You don't um, want to offend them. 
I know I, one yeah, of them is Saltzman. Yeah, I love Mitchell. And the other is not on the show. It's definitely not on the show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So no, no. I think and and then there there are people that I I say okay, I'm not I'm not going to take that one too seriously. It's it's a big organization, Um, and that's the same across the board. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's fair. Um, So uh, tainted uh, brain asks Ains, if you pause and take notes, how did you do Elden Ring? Elden Ring, you know, you can't pause in Elden Ring, but there's there's plenty of places where you're not aggroing enemies. You just stand there. You know, you don't have to pause. You're basically the game's pause for you. Yeah, you just loitering. Death Knight rolls by randomly. You can't pause Elden Ring. You can't pause any Souls game other than Souls. You can pause Elden Ring. You go into the tutorial menu. Well, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. a secret way to do it. Yeah. Like everything Uh, Elden Ring. Yeah, exactly. There's still some huge secret that came out yesterday. Like... (laughs) under really? market like one of market's items can do things people just discovered it's nuts um, so we got a super chat right at the start of the show from eric funny enough who does reviews for us as well dan let me hit this up yeah thank you eric uh 699 canadian guess who scheduled their grocery pickup at the specific time to escape the house so i could tune in to big cast <laughs> this guy all right you all look handsome af and that's a heart, I'm assuming. That's definitely that's directed love. to you, Hog. <laughs> you get, you're getting a lot of swagger comments this, yeah, this, uh, man. this morning. Yeah. It's pretty good. This is how I roll around. I, I still like my hats, so don't expect this every day. This now we know. Treat. Now we know how you got the wife and kids. You know oh, I mean? whoa! Okay, okay. <laughs> Eric. Thank you so much for the super chat, man. Appreciate you. All right, guys. What else? Uh, what else you've been playing? What do you want to? So like always, I'm I'm behind the curve, right? Like you guys review and, and get done. So I'm I'm doing Tiny Tina's. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing Ghostwire Tokyo. Yep. I'm doing Weird West. Um, and I've also been kind of dipping my toes into what in the world Grand Theft Auto Online looks like now because I've oh, never whoa. really engaged with it, and I probably won't engage with it long term. But I've been popping I've been popping in to see see what they've done because I think the last time I played it was whenever it launched as a separate like a separate add on in like 2014. Uh, yeah. So they've obviously done a lot since then. Um, and I and I know they make a ton of money. Like this is why Grand Theft Auto 6 doesn't exist. This is why their resources are being spent that way. So I like to, you know, do some cultural anthropology across the gaming industry <laughs> and, and pop in. And so I've been, I've been dipping in there because we got the upgrade to the PlayStation 5. Um, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not terribly impressed. I am impressed by the, like the level of, cutscenes and things that they've added to this online environment like it's clear like that's where that's where their effort has gone is to selling shark cards and doing these things yeah. so it was like eight minute long cutscenes between various missions and things like that um but yeah that's that's what i've been playing i think i think i caught everything there i'm still in the midst of triangle strategy see this is why i'm always halfway through games right i can play too many six yep. down here kirby uh, how is how is a single player component of the online uh, so I, I tried it a couple ways. One, I tried it. You can play it solo, but you can't do like, I don't know, some significant percentage of their stuff because it's competitions and racing through hoops and shooting each Heists other. and stuff. Huh? Yeah, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but but you can play by yourself. Then then I popped into the online service. And the, the biggest trick for me is it doesn't seem like there's an easy way to mute people. And this has that kind of old school, you can hear somebody cooking up bacon and there's a baby crying. <laughs> And somebody's shouting at each other. There's a spousal dispute of some kind. And it's like, so you have to go through and individually mute everybody. And then because it's like a it's like a quasi-MMO, you have people bouncing out and in. And then those yeah. people that bounce in aren't muted. Uh, there's no mute all, as best I can tell. 
So that always makes me unhappy in my experience in playing. I these love things. that. Um, can you, can so, you turn off the the aggro on, like, or like? Because I know in Red Dead Online you can kind of basically be neutral, and and people will either won't aren't able to attack you yeah. unless you engage. Unless with you them. initiate, yeah, right. So so what the what the tip screen gave me was that if if you start behaving badly, essentially you're going to get a bounty. Uh, uh, yeah, if you point. are if you are bad behavior, then they're going to get bonuses for killing you. You're going to become a red dot. Yeah. But I didn't get any message that said as a white dot, you can't get murderized. So I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I didn't get it because I didn't really play that long. But I have I've, I I saw some options. So I'm trying to start a nightclub because I'm like, oh, I wonder if you could just run a business here uh, and see what that is. And then some weird stuff came in because you can only have so many. I guess CEOs in one server. So I'm trying to open my nightclub and it basically is like, you can't, you can't do that. We have enough CEOs. And I'm like, uh, that, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm out then. Um, so there's these like little things that every game has, right. Where you, you just, if you come in, you're like an alien in another environment, just like when you pop into destiny or anything else, but <laughs> you look at that and they say, well, there's some cool stuff. Cause it feels like solo. It's still got the greatest, you know, sandbox builders uh, in, in gaming, I think. But I wasn't able to engage with it fully because I was locked out of playing it, mm. I guess. So I, I don't know. It's a, it's kind of middling report. It seems like they're putting a lot of energy and attention and resources into it because it makes them a lot of money. Uh, but I didn't have a wonderful time the, mm. the couple hours that I tried it. I actually liked, uh, and I know, Dan, you played probably more than me. In fact, I know you did. But uh, I actually liked Red Dead 2 online better than GTA online because in Red Dead 2, there is like, there's a ton you can do just solo. Like yeah, after you smart. beat Red Dead 2, like I've got tens of hours, Dan, I know you played a lot of it, but you can become like a, a trapper or you can become a bounty hunter and there's levels you can, there's progression you can do. And it it's all solo. You don't need to do it with anyone or combat anyone. It's just like a, it's like a second world after the single player game, which was cool. Yeah. The only That's thing what I, I was miss out on it are like the, the, the story mission parts. You can't do you, you can do you do one right off the bat just to kind yeah. of like for like a tutorial kind of thing. And then after that, it's whatever the hell you want to do, which yeah. is kind of nice. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And Grand Theft Auto might be the same. I just got I got hit by a couple of those technical roadblocks that I didn't understand. I mean, it has a huge intake. Right. And it has a huge set of menus. And you go and you look at the what's new and it's 15 things, none of which <laughs> make any sense to you. Um, so it's got that same problem of, hey, we've been around for a decade. And I, I welcome. It's going to take you a minute, and I don't yeah. know that I'm willing to invest that minute, honestly. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. That's pretty common in that that genre. I would yeah. say it's like yeah. Final I mean, Fantasy really 14. People, it's a great game, and then they're like, "Yeah, dude, just play 80 hours. It gets really good after that." And you have <laughs> yeah. to learn like all these menus, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm I'm good, dude." So, yeah, I do like Grand Theft Auto Online, but it's it's uh, just obtuse as all hell. I don't re- I don't realistically realistically see how someone could play multiple of those like like you know what i mean you're either invested fully into destiny grand theft auto online wow you know all the final fantasy 14 one of them i don't see how you could the way you can do it forever game you you have to be paul tassi that's really the only way (laughs) he does he plays all of them i have no idea how he he keeps up with it's it's because it's his it's his beat those are the only games he plays but he plays like genshin impact Destiny, Division when it was a thing, Anthem when it was a thing, like all of the games of the service games. He's like on all the time. But I, I see. I find his articles hilarious because I'm always like, what does the Post pay you? Or what does Forbes pay you? Because he's like, I've spent 
$15,000 in Genshin Impact trying to get this five star. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I don't i don't understand it I mean, if you've ever okay. played genshin impact you would understand very quickly how it's easy to spend fifteen hundred dollars in that game it's crazy dude. Yeah. that game oh my god if you play that game for like 30 minutes you'd be like i want to spend three hundred dollars <laughs> like, it's like it's so good at, at making you want to spend money but i, like, I reviewed you. that game and i didn't spend any money that was like my slant on the review it was like is this game fun if you don't spend money it's still very good by the way, Anthem 2.0, shout out. Forever in, forever in our memories. Yeah. <laughs> all right, what else you guys been playing, man? Anything good? You guys been playing play. Crusader Kings at all? Crusader Kings? No, well, I've, I've, heard, I, I've heard it's good. I played it's on the good. PC. I have my doubts about a console functionality. How's it working, Travis? It's pretty good on console, actually. All right. Yeah, yeah, surprisingly good. Um, Very highly reviewed game. I haven't, yeah, I haven't played a ton of it yet, but I've, I, Basically, what happened is, you know, I played a little bit and then I, I like thought to myself, oh, no, Travis, yep. if you play this, this is going to be a rabbit hole. And then I was like, I got to put it down. Like, it's a, it's a, is absolutely one of those where you say, OK, how, what is what is the rest of my evening look like? Uh, is For this sure. is this what I want to play yeah. um, yep. and, and slotting it in there? Because it's a fantastic game. I just. You know, you think about Stellaris, you think about other things that kind of get jammed into console uh, controls and sometimes that doesn't feel great, but it's Game Pass, so I have it downloaded. I might pop my head in. Yeah, I was excited to get back to Tiny Tina um, and and, and Ghostwire. But when I finished Weird West and got the review published yesterday, the first thing I did was sit back down with Tiny Tina. Um, I'm just enjoying the hell in my I posted yesterday that I'm now I don't know how many hours I'm maybe near nearing 15 hours maybe in tiny tina's and uh i, I honestly believe this is gonna be my favorite one since borderlands 2. nice um it's just, i think it might be the well, best. I, I would hope it'd be your better best favorite one since borderlands 2. well i mean i'm not <laughs> <laughs> yeah borderlands 3 i think many of us agree like borderlands 3 the gameplay was great guns were great action and stuff but the you know a lot of us had problems with the writing and the the humor was bad and you know what i mean and and this one just awesome. seems like a more of a distilled experience. The level design's really strong. The writing is strong. The act voice acting is really good. And uh, I'm just enjoying the hell out of it, man. It's a blast. So, Very good. Dan, you've been playing Hitman, haven't you? No. What? I've moved on to uh, the show. Say, you got oh, your $100, you got right. your $100 you got your show out there, right? I saw that yeah. tweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, well, yeah, 90 whatever dollars. I whatever got the, it is, right? It's the, the early access one. Yeah, I like that you no, spent I mean, nearly a hundred dollars to play the show, and then you posted it's pretty much the same game as last yeah, year. Yeah, it's the same. Game. I mean, it looks exactly <laughs> the same. There are some improvements. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I, I've always said that these sports games should be, you know, just make it a live service, or you know, just continue giving me updates, and, and maybe every three years put out a new one with a, you know updated engine and better graphics i mean I, you could do it you're not like it's not like you're changing anything you know you're, you're making all your money from stubs anyway i think but, you can uh, make the sales pitch to the finance folks it says let's stop yeah. stop restarting football ultimate team or whatever and get yeah. that engagement I, I think game pass is the gateway to that yes to be honest. we had a long conversation about that last year yes yeah, yeah. actually i think my theory on that call or that that when we did that episode was that the reason they don't do it is because that market wouldn't understand that model. The people who buy the Correct. Maddens every year, they they're are walking not into the GameStop and buying their Madden. That's every exactly year. right. They they yeah. buy they interact with their games in a very specific way, and there hasn't right. really been a great like desire for those people to be like, 
bro, when am I going to get my, you know, yearly, you know, give me a subscription, sir. That's Madden, FIFA, Call of Duty. There's certain Mm -hmm. games that are just, they're going to walk in and buy it every year. It's an expectation. Just um, change and, the, the the thumbnail on the damn you know. On your, you know <laughs> could I mean you could take I mean, thirty with all these other games. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, just say, uh, oh, it's twenty three now. You know? So let me let me give a quick shout out to our uh, our brother Luke over at uh, Xbox Expansion Pass. So he did an interview with uh, Brian. Um, oh God, I'm gonna forget his name. I apologize. But his last week's episode, a gentleman that worked at Crystal Dynamics worked on Avengers, but he also worked on Madden in his career. And he gave a lot of insight into the development of Madden and how crazy it is every year. Um, and you would be kind of shocked to learn, you know, some of those details. It was very insightful. So if you haven't listened to that episode, uh, check it out over at Xbox Expansion Pass last week's episode because it's uh, it was cool to listen to. Basically, uh, there's some stuff that uh, thank you, Wagner. Uh, Luke just said in the chat, Brian Wagner. But um, he basically said, you know, actual core development every year of Madden was less than three months. Um, can, so can we put a reference like that in the link, Sains? Because I think that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just remind me, Luke. Remind me <laughs> to put a link in because uh, I'll forget. But um, yeah, was, you know, stuff like that is great to hear because we we often speculate around these things, the annual releases and how things work. And it was great to hear from an actual developer who worked on the actual games for a few years how it actually works. You know, it's it uh, will get rid of some of those misconceptions that many of us have. So uh, it's good to always good to listen to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I feel like that it's it's when you put out essentially the same game and you basically adjust things that probably could have been adjusted in updates. Um, mm. I mean, that's 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 crazy. I mean, three months seems like an too much time because you basically <laughs> have your, you've got your base game already. You got every, all you got to do is go. Okay, well, we're gonna switch up. You know, this year the biggest complaint last year. I mean, I'm probably nerding out a little bit. Was uh, Road to the Show was tied to Diamond Dynasty. Yeah. And Diamond yep. Dynasty is your kind of online, you know, thing where all the stub cards kind of come into play. This year, it's I didn't not understand completely separate from <laughs> from it. <laughs> yeah. And so it's it's basically you can you you can upgrade your player faster. Road to the Show, uh, and uh, you don't have to worry about Diamond Dynasty at all. Oh, so, that's good because. Yeah. Last year was the first year I played the show extensively, as you know. Mm-hmm. And the thing I hated about it was that. Like, I only wanted to play Road to the Show. Road to the, the Show, Travis, play. is where you create your character in the leagues. And you go yeah. from the minors to the major leagues. Yeah, Travis, that, you're talking um, about loot drops that they can only use in the Crucible. And they can't bring <laughs> back over to PvE. Road yeah. to the Crucible. Okay, uh, so it's, 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 like the, it's like the FIFA uh, story mode. It is. Basically. Correct. Okay, yeah. Di- yeah. And Dynasty is the it's card mode where you spend the money. It's where they really? make the money. Right. I like the yeah. FIFA story. It's better. That's See, cool. the, 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 well, let me put the, I've never played the FIFA one, but I'm assuming it's very close to what the Madden one was. And that was trash. And it's always been trash. And I've never, you know, there, there's, it, it's right there. Because you get to a point in that story where it just stops. And you're done. Right? I, I'll yeah. vouch for the Madden one being trash. I, oh, I haven't so played bad. the shows. Yeah, the mm-hmm. show, the show, just feels like you earn it a little bit more. I think they, they've done a pretty good job with, uh, I guess, the uh, the presentation this year. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of uh, Boog, who is the Chicago Cubs uh, TV announcer. I mean, he's all right. But he's the new one. He took over for, I think it was Barkagian. I think it's how you say his name. Oh, they got rid of the yeah. old announcers. Yeah, he was there for like 17 years. Uh, yeah. He was yeah, the or something the like show. that. It was something crazy. So, yeah, he's gone. And that, and then, uh, uh, what the hell is this other guy's name? Uh, I don't know. But he's it's so emotionless. Like, I'm I'm working like on it's a no-hitter through seven or something. And I'm just <laughs> like, okay, I'm, I'm 
killing it. I'm killing it. And he's like, he gives me the same crap as he does every other time. He's like, and it's it's the most, I, I don't even know how to describe it. He says like, well, he's got like, you know, he's in the double digits with the Ks. You know, most pitchers, you know, try to average one K per inning. You know, he might, you know, actually uh, go above that average. I'm like, I'm literally above that average. If I stop <laughs> at 10 innings and we go into extras, I will have, you know, met your expectations. I said, it doesn't make any sense what you're saying. It, it's stuff like that. And they're, it just it's just not exciting. Mm. You know, the other guys, when they came in, I think it was Plezak was there last year. Um, he was there for a couple of years. But it's, it's, when they speak and they talk and they do these pre-written things, they actually bring a little bit of emotion to the game. Uh, this one, it just seems just deadpan the entire time. You know, you could. I, I feel like if I'm in the, like the game seven of the World Series, that you you know probably should get a little bit more excited, and talk about <laughs> stuff that's you know. But it's, it's you'd just think all that, the, but but yeah. Joe Buck demonstrates Gosh. that that's not the case. No, so, no, I mean, no. We're gonna go. We're gonna, that, you talk about inside <laughs> baseball here. See, first of all, I love this. I don't yeah. know how many people are following this conversation yet. But I love. I am because... completely lost. <laughs> okay. We we found Dan's destiny. Like this is yeah, what. Say, oh, this is what it sounds like to everyone else when I yeah. talk about. No, I, yeah. I think yeah. this is fantastic because it does. It's you know that's the that's the color, that's the tone, that's the temperament that they add to the game. And yes, they might have achieved how boring a regional broadcast of baseball sounds. That's not is. really what you want to listen to every day. Not so game, that, that no. I find intriguing no. because the, whoever was right before him literally was like the voice of the show and got it got jobs at the MLB network and things like that. So that's really, really intriguing to me. Uh, but yeah, maybe I'm the only one. I loved it, Dan. <laughs> Thanks. So no, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of other things that are they're just minor things. Like, you know, when they record like voices, like there's some very basic names out there. It was like, you know, John, you know, Victor Jr. That's number seven. Like he won't even say his name, but like, you know, they, they recorded like these very, very, and this is, I'm not trying to be weird about this, but like very, a few names that are, I've never even heard of. Like, you know, Lesbis, Les, you know, like, I'm just like, what? <laughs> you recorded that, but you didn't record John Victor <laughs> yeah. Jr.? They I mean, never yeah, have ever. So it's, it's crazy. Got, guys, I'm named Ainsley. So yeah. don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still baseball and I love baseball. And yeah. I, I love, you know, I'm still going to play the hell out of this game. Um, there's a Are few you in bugs. Forza, Ames? What? Do they have Ainsley and Forza? I've never uh, seen Ainsley in a game. Not once. Wow. The only time, and this is a true story, and I've mentioned this before. In Sunset Overdrive, they added DLC where you can get an entire outfit for your character named Ainsley's Outfit. And the reason why is that Drew Murray's daughter is named Ainsley. Swear to God. And I actually tweeted a picture of me getting it and laughing about it to drew. And he was me and him chatted about it. And he said, he put that in there as an Easter egg for his daughter. And I was like, oh, that's good. I share my name with your daughter, which is awesome. honestly all the Ainsley's I've met before you have been women. So yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. I'm aware. Yeah, I'm well aware of the record the other day. I mean, I met zero Ainsley's other than you. So wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's an unusual you watch name. West wing. Ainsley Hayes, no. Ainsley watched... Harriet, man, come on. Yes, the West Wing. That's uh, <laughs> that, that's what my law school colleagues used to try to foist on me. It's so good. hour after hour. I can only take so much political preening from either side. <laughs> and there we go. Ao says it's in FIFA. Ainsley Maitland Niles is an Arsenal football player. All right, there, there we go. go. You just need to match up with a player. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, can you yeah. can you choose it as your name though? That's the key. That's yeah. the key. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Um, 
By the way, we were joking about Joe Buck, which I think many of us do for good reason. And uh, did you see he just signed like a thirty oh, million God, dollar I, contract? I think so. I tweeted sixteen things about how wonderful nepotism is when you don't have any talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if only if only we could uh, sound like see, this Travis is giving me the eyebrows. If you actually watch sports, Travis, you would know that this guy has his job because his daddy was yes. a famous announcer, and he's never brought anything remotely related to energy to anything he's ever done all while condescending to the audience that ostensibly pays his salary. Mm-hmm. This is all correct. And he yeah. sounds like this on every play he calls, and it's the most boring thing ever, and he gets Game paid seven. $30 million to do it. Game seven <laughs> looks like it might go over the wall, and that'll give yeah. the Cubbies the win. <laughs> yep. That's terrible. But anyway, all right. So, guys, why don't we talk about uh, E3's cancellation? So we already knew there wasn't going to be an in-person event this year. We kind of assumed the ESA would announce a digital event. That was formally canceled this week. And what they said in response to this is, which was, I guess, weird to hear, is that they're planning, because they said this last year, they're planning to come back next year with an even bigger, better, broader show. Well, I'm planning on a lot of things next year, Ains, but I don't know that all of them are going to come to fruition. Very true. Yeah, next year I'm going to be a foot taller. Sweet. Yeah. It's good to have goals, right? It's good, it's good to have goals, the SA. Yeah. Yeah. So uh and 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 coincidentally, and and not even coincidentally, definitely on purpose. And uh Jeff Keeley tweeted not like 15 minutes later that Summer Game Fest is returning for 2022 and we have a huge slate of events, you know, planned. So you know, I tell you what you could tell with Jeff is that whatever that divorce looked like a couple years ago, it was not amicable. Like he, he does this a lot when the ESA announces something or something like he, he, he knows what he's doing. He's yes. poking the dragon. 100%. So I guess the bigger conversation, guys, I was kind of thinking because two years ago was the first time we had Summer Game Fest and E3 was canceled, right? When COVID first hit. And it was, I think we generally all agreed it was a disaster. Like there was events for like four weeks. They were scattered all over the place. You didn't really know what was going on. Jeff tried to do a better job last year, and I think they did a better job, but I still wouldn't say it was great, right? There was still a scattering of events. Some were almost, they were very niche, some of them, and it was just hard to really kind of, there hasn't been anything to date, what I'm trying to say, that's replicated the feeling of that E3 kind of show three-day stretch where you get all these major conferences from the publishers, everyone tunes in, everyone's on the same thing, all the big outlets cover it extensively, and it's just a huge exciting time for everyone who really loves the gaming industry and i guess when i think about summer game fest returning this year that's cool i hope it's great obviously uh e3 may be coming back next year obviously we'll see what comes of that um but i look and i think what what is the future for gaming shows in general like what would we ideally want to see out of a summer not even summer but just game shows in general across the span of a year where that would really get us excited and really kind of going back to conciseness. We were joking about reviews, right? It feels like we need some conciseness in the way these things are presented rather than these weird kind of hits we get randomly right now. Um, <laughs> it's just funny showing up and saying something on Thursday. Yeah. Okay. And and it's like, sure, that, that still gets shared. Obviously, everyone covers it and talks about it. So I think the effectiveness may be there to a degree. But it doesn't. It certainly doesn't replicate the excitement that we used to get out of proper E3. Well, can I say one thing about that E3 narrative? Because the pandemic yeah. killed it, but it yeah. was wounded when Sony started saying, "Yeah, true, <laughs> true, and yeah, uh, yeah." I mean, it, it, this yeah. has been a long path 
including, you know, delivering Travis's home address to all of our inboxes. Uh, but but all of this has been <laughs> a long too. road towards a trade association that's changed leadership, that doesn't message properly, that doesn't answer things about problems with addresses, right? That has bad things leak out about what they're planning to bring millennial influencers into, yeah, 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 in lines with people. They have no idea what they're doing or what Correct. direction they should go. So when you pose that question, that's a question that's been asked in their boardrooms for a long time and they don't have a good answer. So in, in, in my opinion, E3 died years ago. This is just kind of more nails in the coffin. This didn't change anything this last week. And I would love to see a celebration of games that, so I have to be careful here. I like Jeff Keeley. I like what he has done. I like the resources he puts into it. He clearly cares about games. But the direction he goes is so much more commercialized and in a direction that doesn't give me what I loved most about E3, which was developers standing in front of their booths talking about the cool things that they have to share with various reporters, getting to walk through Indie Row and all that kind of stuff yeah. that gets lost in the Summer Games Fest and the Gamescom opening live uh, and the Game Awards right now. And I think it's great that they exist because I think we'd be in real dire straits without somebody kind of doing that behind the scenes but i would and i said this after i watched the game awards i would see it return a little bit more to a celebration of the games and the developers themselves uh than than just selling things so e3 i'm gonna miss uh i always thought that was cool i honestly don't think it's ever going to come back in that format because it was really really expensive you are getting some high percentage of the traction from whether it's xbox events or sony events or nintendo's got it down nintendo you know, it might not show up at anything ever again because their directs are a freaking event every time they say one. Um, so I don't see it coming back, and I sure as heck don't see it coming back under the ESA. I'm not sure the ESA survives any of this. Um, you know, for folks that don't know, it's a trade association. It's a lobbying arm for these companies, and they had a show that was associated with it. But I don't think that really any of the large publishers that fund this thing are probably very happy with the direction the ESA has gone or, or the leadership that they have shown or lack Agreed. of lack of leadership. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. It was, it's, you know, we all know it was a trade show. I mean, that's how E3 began, you know, a year, decades ago now. I love the uh, business PowerPoints. Uh, see, people don't know this. <laughs> they used to have like basically just PowerPoints showing the increase in, you know, growth of their hardware base and sure. how their costs were going down. And like, ah, oh, man, yeah. when, when I, when I was a young man, that was the bee's knees. But uh, <laughs> well, then, they, then, they, then they started having helicopters drop people through windows and things. And it is what it is. Well, and they, you know, we do have to give them credit at the time for they evolved it into what it was that we all came to know and love, right? An yeah, annual kind of celebration of events. And, and I think you do lose something. You touched on it there where like Indie Row and having the main conference center there in Los Angeles and, and what it's like to see our favorite people in the industry kind of be there in person and, and hearing on the stage events and all these things. And it's you, like we've said, you can replicate some of that with these digital shows, but it, it just doesn't have that same feeling. I think, uh, you know, to give credit, like you said, Nintendo's got it down, especially for their audience, their audience is tuned in and locked to what Nintendo does. And I think Xbox was getting criticism for what they did for a number of years, but I think last year they nailed it. Their summer presentation last year was fantastic. Um, and I don't know, you know, if, if, if we get a whole bunch of individual events that look like Xboxes last year, does that replicate it? And I don't know if, if we ever get there though, I don't well, know if it concentrated, it would, I mean, like part of the dream for me three, right. is like, everybody just shows up, it's Christmas and you get all these announcements for the rest of the year and into the next year. 
but at some level you're cannibalizing each other's attention. Sure. Right. So what you've seen is you've seen kind of movie releases or game releases with these digitals where they kind of get out of each other's way for the most part. The only yeah. difference is Summer Game Fest and opening live and some of these things. Otherwise, it's to PlayStation's benefit to stake out a Thursday of its own. And it's to Nintendo's benefit to figure out a day when you're going to mostly have everybody's attention and you're not going to be swamped by, oh, here's Starfield's first announcement while we're trying to sell the next Mario Sport of some kind. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think you look at all this. And you get rid of the cost, you get rid of the loss of attention, you get rid of the cannibalization. And if I'm sitting in a back room, if I get 90% of the traction, if I get 80% of the traction, it's it's paying for itself. It it doesn't make a lot of sense uh, outside of the general, which Microsoft talks a good game on as a company, um, building the pie, increasing the, the size of the industry, period. Yeah. Because the I one thing E3 did do, the one yeah. thing E3 did do was it cut through the mainstream media. It was, uh, it's well, we could put up with gaming for three days. And, and so right. it appears in the LA Times. It appears in these various places. Very and that's not happening. I, I think, yeah, so that that's kind of my point, or one of my points to it is that I, I do think that an E3-like event should happen, and I think that it probably will happen in the future. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little more optimistic about that. But the the one one reason is that, you know, the industry is stronger when it does come together, and I think that all the stakeholders realize that, right? They realize that, like, even Nintendo realizes that a... Uh, that a Nintendo, um, you know, uh, direct is, is, is speaking to their choir basically. Right. And so this is an opportunity for them to get into a larger, uh, group and, and kind of, that's why they've supported the ESA. I would, I would assume, um, over the years and why they've, why they've, uh, always had, um, a spot at E3. And I think, um, I, I think something like that is helpful, is helpful, you know, increase, increasing the amount of people who are gamers and, putting all of that news uh, at once out into the world so that there's a place for uh, the people who don't have their eye on the industry already, the people who aren't already kind of inside it. I think that's important, but also just me as somebody who, you know, and I'm sure Ains, you probably feel this too. Like it, it was really nice to have a place for people in the industry to like meet and yeah. uh, build relationships. And I know that people who work for publishers and developers felt the same way. Like it was, it was nice for, you know, the, the people who work at different dev teams that would never normally interact, be in the same place at the same time and get to like rub elbows and talk with other teams and think about how they could work together in some cases, if it was publishers and developers talking to, to one another. Um, indies getting showcased, that was a huge thing because uh, right now you're sort of at the whim of the publishers that that are the platform holders, right? Like you, that that's, that's how you get word out about your game right now because uh, there aren't a lot of... Um, PR agencies that, you know, like 47 communications doesn't do like its own, uh, you know, yeah, they Nintendo have, direct, like they have event. no they, course to be on a correct. big public they, stage. Yeah. Correct. They have to just like, you know, <laughs> with the, with the very, uh, very, um, crazy exception of devolver digital. If you're that size of a publisher, you have to, you have to just sort of send out a press release and hope that people read it. And I think that that was something that they, they got to kind of cut through the noise by just being there in person and people could see your booth and yeah. play your game and do that sort of stuff. So I just think there were so many benefits to doing it. And also I personally just really liked it, but I, I, so <laughs> like, I, I just want it to come back just emotionally. Yeah. But also I have to say that if it does come back, I hope to God it's not the ESA that does it because mm. I think that they're not a great organization and they've sort of outlived their usefulness. Now, if, if it's Jeff Keighley doing it, I think I'm probably also kind of sad because he, 
his events tend to be like one, you know, it's it's one night. Like the Game Awards is not a replacement for E3. It just no. isn't. It's it's one night. People sit in a room and they watch a couple trailers. Maybe they hear from a few developers and then they leave. It's not an event where the industry is coming and like the thing you don't see about E3 is that most of it happens after the opening conferences that everybody makes all of the hype around right after that it's like a week of people just meeting in back rooms and like showing off their games and talking to people and it's like that sort of tactile just uh, like relationship building and like celebration that happens within the industry yeah. and i really think that there needs to be something like that because otherwise there's you know you just sit at home and work in remote and, and you care about your game and you don't know about the game that's being created by the company down the street. And I just feel like that's not healthy for any industry. I, I hope that they, that they can come together. So that's just, that's, that's my soapbox. I, I really want there to be an E3 like event. No, I, I don't think you're off the mark at all. In fact, it's, it's kind of funny because what you seemingly touched on in a larger sense is that that isolated work from home environment, many of us are experiencing right now. And there, there's a lot of positives to it for sure. But there is a there is a miss in the collaborative area, and and if any industry is a collaborative area, it's game development and, and the gaming industry. And I I was fortunate enough to go in 2018, 2019. You know, obviously, like many of us, I followed E3 as a kid. It was a dream to go and be there. But I got to go in 2018, and particularly 2019 as media, where I got to experience at least a small portion of what Travis is referring to. And he's absolutely right. Like you walk into like I, I can envision walking into the Bethesda conference as media and like they've got bars set up and everyone's drinking and having a good time. And and you just see all of these developers and um, company leads and directors, you know, all the people in the industry just getting together and just chatting and organizing. And there's, you know, conference rooms going on and meetings and uh, all of that is happening outside of what you saw on YouTube or what you saw on, on you know, wherever you were watching E3. Um, and, and it is, it was a moment of, three to six days really because it is almost a week-long event in reality not just the conferences uh where everyone in that industry came together and, and i was fortunate enough to get to meet a ton of people i never would have met or known uh if e3 wasn't a thing i just would have never had the opportunity to to have that interaction and i'm very fortunate yeah. for that it, it also uh, is a really great place for people make, running outlets trying to get discovered like you meet a lot of people with like small indie sites right here and thing and i yeah. i bet I, i'd be willing to bet that season gaming probably wouldn't be what it is today without e3 and being 100 connections and it, it it also is true for ign ign started as like you know 25 plus years ago a bunch of friends like going and and meeting at a conference and and that that sparked what is now a, a very large uh, undertaking so i just i think that also that's another story that isn't kind of told with the yeah. with the in-person conferences is that yeah and i think that's what annoys not annoys like well maybe a little but you know you see some comments of people who uh are fine with the digital events who have never gone to e3 or never experienced it and they're just like oh it doesn't matter e3's dead and it's like well that's fine for you, but there, there's more to it than that, which you've clearly explained, Travis, right? It's not just the difference between being somewhere in person and watching it on YouTube. That's not the the core difference of what we're talking about with E3 not being a thing. So I don't know what, like, in your guys' opinion, like, what would you want to see? Not what what do you think will happen? But if you had kind of your your preference, right? And next year we start over, clean slate as to what could happen from any company going into like a game show or event presentation what would you what would you do there what would you like to see why, why can't we just i mean i remember watching e3s you know even just five years ago where you there, there was that three or four day period right yep. that you 
you know, you're like, okay, Xbox is on Sunday at four o'clock. Yep. Sony's this day. And so you start as a gamer, you're just like, this is the ones I really want to watch. But this is this time, you know, Ubisoft is doing a little one, you know. And so, you know, that inevitably has something to do with Dance Dance Revolution. And, and so <laughs> every you, time. You just, every single time. So, so you, you know, you kind of, that was the exciting part for me. I've never gone yeah. to one. I don't think I would go to one because I hate people generally. And uh, that's too big of a crowd. Um, and yeah, it, was, it would get it is it packed. Disgusting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you it, definitely it, have to deal with the bo. That's no, that's, yes. yeah, no. that's not even the no. I just more personalities. I can deal with the bo. You know, I've got twin. Of course, you can. Boys, I got <laughs> yeah. I got I got teenagers. That's not <laughs> anything new to me. The the it's just more of the so many personalities in one place. It's bad news for Dan. Anyway, I'm good with going back to something just like that. I mean, if, if it were, you know. The, the, the difference between what Keeley does is it's so commercialized and, and, and it's so reliant on, you know, either, you know, ads or streamers or, you know, influencers. And I, I don't like any of those things. Um, so it, it's I, I just wanted to go back to where it used to be. You know, you know I, we're streaming right now, right, Dan? Yeah. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about <laughs> the influencer part. You know, those, those guys that, you know, we're just doing news. Those guys, you know. No, no, I, I, I'm all, I'm all in favor of just calling us superior to the other streamers. That's, that's fine. That's not going to offend me at all. I have no problem um, with that either. Yeah, no, no, it's not. That's not an issue for me. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I get that. Um, I, uh, to me, E3 as a concept, you have to, you have to kind of break it down. What do you want to achieve? You want concentration of news uh, in some small period of time, so you can break through those things. Travis wants contact points. He wants he wants rooms where you can talk to people and that they can cross pollinate with each other ideas and concepts and relationships. Um, so I think fundamentally, you don't need the show floor to look like Walt Disney World. Um, to me personally, you don't want you don't want the show to become what I think it really was becoming, which is directs. I mean, it was it was YouTube trailer rolls. It was playlists that you could have made after the fact. It wasn't anything that was special to the circumstance either at the keynotes or sometimes with what they were actually showing um, at the show, right? I mean, I, I go back to this because of how it turned out at launch, but this always felt bad to me at the time, which is when 2077 starts talking to people, it's all closed door stuff. You're only allowed to ever get like somebody else's impressions of impressions of a non-played video that they're doing. That to me isn't helpful um, on the outside. So I think if you want to start this back up again, you'd have to set essentially ground rules. You want to have something that is different than just playing a YouTube playlist or the Game Awards. God help me. I, like I said, I'm, I'm in favor of them existing. But like this last iteration, you couldn't tell whether you were watching a commercial or the Game Awards because yeah. the content was identical. They gave um, awards out off air. Yeah, it, like, it's like significant ones. Like, yeah, and, and I love gaming. I love the industry. I, I, I tweeted out about this. I said, I would like to see this better. I This, this has to be a better celebration of, of what the industry is. Um, and I think E3 should be that. So you'd, you'd focus on concentration. To me, I think you could build it digitally with a back office environment that maybe doesn't get pictures in the newspapers with giant God of Wars and things like that, where you have what amounts to a, a GDC type approach with keynotes that aren't just the same old YouTube put playlist. But I 100% agree with Travis that the ESC, as it's currently constituted and led, is not ever, ever going to figure out that's the avenue that they want to go down. They might build something that's like influencer Gamescom. I mean, like, that's what they think they need to do. Uh, and I fundamentally disagree. And I think that the publishers disagree, which is why they keep, you know, 
poo-pooing their plans. Yeah. If I could create any event, though, to answer your questionings, it would be yep. um, a, you know, massive event hosted by a ESA-like organization that maybe was more modern and uh, had stakeholders from all the different uh, stakeholders <laughs> had, had uh, you know, representatives. From I know all what you mean. Yeah. And it would be, uh, it would not be open to the public. It would have public uh, facing, uh, public facing events, but like E3 of, of uh, years past, it would be sort of like industry specific. It wouldn't be mm. a, a show floor packed with a bunch of fans waiting in line for five hours to play a demo. Get rid right? of those like, GameStop invites. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. I mean, actually, you know what? GameStop has like legit uh, reason to be there, I think, because they're they're sort of like almost doing like a media promotion at like boots on the ground level. So I don't have a problem with that. It's more just like E3 towards the end. Oh, my God, dude. It was like tens of thousands of people. And they were like, just like fans. Just show. why are my you here? Oh, I just. I just like insiders only that there was a huge portion that was like GameStop managers. It was. Like yeah. Yeah. Because they were one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest holders. But then afterward, when it went full public, it got like even worse than it was. No, just that's like, just bad planning. I'm like, yeah, they never was, even, they never even properly thought, Hey, if we add this many tickets, what's that going to do for the experience? For sure. What's yeah. that going to do for the, for the people who are here for the reason of like, they're trying to get their business done. And it's like, all right, I'm going to a meeting. I got 15 minutes and I have to wade through like a whole bunch of Wario's. And I'm just like, Jesus, man, like this is, <laughs> this is unbelievable. That sounded very specific. Is this, is this a true story? Yeah, dude, honestly, like I, I went through like a zombie flash mob and like, there was like, <laughs> oh my God, dude. Like I, I could tell you stories, but it, there, there is that thing. I, I don't have a problem with the show for floor looking like a, a theme park. I actually think that that was, inevitable because everyone's trying to grab your attention if you're an industry stakeholder and so it's not really for the screen the the pictures that go into the magazines or on the, the internet pages it's more for like oh i've that that interests me i'm gonna go check out that indie game because they had like a, a show of it but um yeah it, it did get a little crazy i tell you but from I, the outside it looks like ostentatious waste for sure <laughs> for sure and, and you know some of it is that but i i do think it's uh the they're you know what game I never would have would have checked out is Mafia Three. Like that's kind of a big game from a major publisher, but like seeing them at E3, their presence was so unique and weird. And and it was they like like a New Orleans nightclub. Or they something had a New like Orleans that. nightclub, and they had like a band playing like you know like one of those like Louisiana like parade bands uh, yeah, going yeah. on the street there. And like I checked it out, I was like, all right, this is this is insane. They clearly believe in this game. They think that like that. they've got lightning in a bottle. And I showed up, and then I was like, this is like way better than i thought it was going to be like they clearly they Mafia 3 continues to be way better than others think it to be <laughs> on that hill uh but um yeah no i do like that i think travis that's a great point i like the signaling function i always have of whoa they believe in this yeah. uh they you know they they are pouring resources into this i can tell that the company thinks this one's turning out good <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and that, and that, I think speaks speaks to it, it's sort of like you're advertising to the people in the industry, like both your confidence, but you're also trying to like get attention. So yeah. I think there is a use to it. I, I get, I get how it looks on the outside, but that is, uh, to me, like part of it. And my 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 typical show would be like we would have a public facing uh, thing, just like E3, but it would be everything other than that would be sort of like industry and like uh, I would also like it if they not just showed games, but would had like think groups about, 100%. about like figuring out industry issues, I think would be, would be great. Cause I, I feel like there's a lot of commonalities and common problems shared by all these different people. And they, they started to, to dive into that a little bit. Remember the E3 Coliseum, which funny yeah, enough, yeah. Keely was a part of. Um, Jeff that. Yeah. That yeah. Contract with E3. 
Yeah, and that, yeah. and that really had some what I thought were important topics that should have had a broader uh, coverage. You know what I mean? I they think that really... was the best part. I would switch yeah. to that on day one. I mean, like that's that's what I would watch while I'm lawyering. Uh, yeah. In, in, in the lawyering. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, without without our our fancy booths like Travis is describing, you know, uh, Dan for Dan, you know, me and Bert went to the Hitman Three booth, and I got to slap him with a fish. I mean, you know, where else am I going to get to hit Bert with a fish? For sure. Maybe, maybe that's point. what it's missing. Is, yeah. you know, like <laughs> Phil Spencer walking up on like Jim Ryan and slapping him across the face. <laughs> that would get news. Yeah, that would get yeah, awesome. That would, be, that would be covered more than anything else. We just saw we finally that. get to stop hearing about yeah. the Will Smith thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, replacing Will Smith is apparently Phil Spencer. <laughs> and so, somebody, somebody in the um, in the comments said, "Okay, but can we do the E three thing and then afterward have like uh, let the fans come and see all the stuff?" I'm totally fine with that. Like they've already paid for the booths. Well, that's what well, they talked the about. They, they talked yeah. about because remember they did media day, but media day was only one day and it was a smaller time bank, right? Yeah. What I, they started talking about, why don't we do the three days for industry and then do like two days for public? And I'm like, well, yeah, why you don't you do that? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it was, it seemed to make a lot of sense. By the way, uh, Forte in the house. Good morning, brother. Good to see you. He said, uh, hello, Porsche Power. You good, sir? He said, I'm going to need you to protect us retail associates for Hogue. I don't hate. Look, I worked at Electronics Boutique. Okay, to be clear, I worked at Electronics Boutique. Um, I don't have any problems with the folks, the good folks that work at GameStop uh, or otherwise try to uh, help the industry sell products. Uh, I think that it got away from them a little bit based on some of the stats I saw before it went public. Which is, you know, I, I don't know that you need that many GameStop representatives, uh, and so yeah. that was that was to me creating issues because what I want, I'm on the outside. I'm not going to E3. It's in freaking California. I know I, I, I'm going to, my wife's from California. This is the joke I have. With her. I hate driving around that. I, I hate driving around that town, Travis. I hate it. That's, um, That's fair. Yeah. Los Angeles, you know, Oh, oh Los Angeles. Okay. I thought you were talking about the fifth largest economy in the world as a town, but yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> moving on moving on i hate driving around it i don't know what i said about the no, no, no. Los, los angeles los angeles i also hate driving around so that makes sense um, in any event that. uh no so i you know from the outside i want the best possible coverage like I, the stuff that i got from me three that i loved when i was uh like in law school is they they made like these dvds that were made by a production house that was just walking around to booths and, and you could get that experience of going and that's the first time I saw Shadow of the Colossus was a Shadow of the Colossus developer talking to this production company with a big old camera facing them. And you can see what kind of insight you can get. You can see how good that is as a process. That's what I want. But I, I, it can be reported on to me by people like Travis or, you know, Mitch. I mean, if I have my preference, uh, but uh, uh, that's that's great. And if they can't do that, it's just of limited usefulness to the rest of us. And so I'm happy if. You know, you got to see it, and that's fantastic, and, and that can be good public days like a Gamescom or something else. But what I'm really looking for from it is, for the most part, gems. I'm looking for things that I hadn't heard of. I'm looking for insights into the things that I have heard of. And that, to me, was really getting attenuated from what E3 was the last couple of years before its explosion here anyway. So I I can miss the E3 from, you know, a decade ago or, or two decades ago or whatever, I, I don't want the E3 back that I was seeing in terms of the content I was getting before it died. Yeah, um, yeah that's fair. It needs to be reimagined, period. That's fair. Yeah. Um, we got a, a few super chats on the topic. Let's get to these, Dan. Um, yeah. They've been sitting for a little bit here. Dan Lazaro, E3 is actually good. 
Jeff's shows are terrible. <laughs> I think that's harsh. I like that. I mean, it's it's very good. direct. Nice. It's yeah, harsh. Very yeah, yeah, it is harsh, but, but fair. harsh but fair. Yeah, Dan, thank you very much. Super chat. We got Gecko mm-hmm. Gamer back in the house. Yeah, with the 10 euros. Uh, E3 and uh, thereby the ESA uh, was created for the game industry to represent itself better in the wider world after the disastrous Congress hearing in the late 90s. Sure, to be true. clear, the, the primary disaster there was to the reputation of Congress. Uh, if, you, if you watch these Senate hearings, you want to talk about you know, origin stories. You want to know how Hogue becomes a lawyer. It's playing Mortal Kombat and Night Trap and Sewer Shark and yes. watching these freaking idiot senators misdescribe every aspect of the thing that I know well when I'm whatever age that is, 11. Which they're, which they're kind of doing now, by the way. Hug, with the oh, it's, it's, well, they do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you watch my latest virtual reality? I have video? not, but I, I'm going to after this. All right, I'm going to pitch we'll here just a second, Ains. So go you for it, go for it. Four senators talked about potentially stopping the Microsoft Activision deal. They released their entire letter that they framed to the FTC. It is bunk. And if you'd like to hear that in a longer term, virtual legality, 35 minutes or whatever, we go through each line of the letter and explain why it knows it's bunk while it is being told to you in the letter itself. So please go, go check that out. It's not Democrats, not Republicans, it's not politics. It's senators in election years trying to push for their own bills and doing whatever it yeah. takes to get it done, just like senators did back in the 90s. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, very true. That's At least my one soapbox. of those senators is a very smart person too. I, I just think they don't understand the games industry or <laughs> what this really is about. But I think they don't. I think they don't care one way or another what the senators. Probably, that probably that is. too. There's very true. For sure. Very true. Gecko, thank you um, as always, man. We've got uh, uh, another one from Fatboy. And shout out real quick before you read this, Dan, to Fatboy Har. It is his birthday today. Happy birthday. birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Fatboy. And thank you as always, mate, for the support. Hope you're having a great one. Yeah, man. Game Awards. Well done. Here's your award. Now get off the stage. We've got an advert to show. That's <laughs> if they announced it on the stream, you're up You're up against a, a couple of people who didn't get it announced yeah. at all, except for that one cutaway. Here's here's six awards. Yeah. And who is it? Joseph Ferris, who was like, they were like yelling him off the stage, basically, as he was trying to give a speech. Like, yeah. Well, did he try to give a speech for best best game last year? Yeah. 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 yeah and they're like, to sh- do one. Yeah, and like, and it, but it was like. What did they give like 30 seconds or something or 60? And he, they were like shoving him off the stage. It's like, come on, man. They got a few more uh, trailers. I mean, to you, have. you can't let that guy talk too long. That, that's true. Starts, that's yeah. That's fair. <laughs> the list, yeah. They were like, the they were like, game of the game of the year gets 90 seconds. And then it was Joseph. They're like, cut it to 30. Cut it to 30 quick. Nobody mentioned the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, boy. And Gecko Gamer back again. Yeah, man. With the five euro super chat. E3 is slash was also important for devs and publisher to find each other yep, and connect. Yep. Yep. And People sorry, switching we're, we're... jobs and finding teams that they wanted to work with and that sort yeah. of thing. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, yeah. And also, uh, Hogue, I wanted to mention this before I forget, but you mentioned the the abundance of GameStop employees. I do agree it was a little bit crazy, but here's, here's something crazy. I don't know if you guys know this. GameStop has their own convention. <laughs> And it's huge. It's it's in Vegas. It's like this. It's like oops, all GameStop E3 edition. It's like it's pretty crazy, man. Like a sales award because I know that back in the day, EB had that. It's sort of it's sort of like a mix. It's kind of like um, I don't know if I'm if I'm getting way too off the games industry here, but it's kind of like uh, like Dreamforce. If you guys ever been to that, which is like the I've heard of it. I've never been. Okay. Anyway, it, it, it's like a mix of the two. It's like okay. on one hand, it's like a kind of internal stuff. It's kind of like E3. E3 was sort of a mix of like industry and also public facing stuff. But um, yeah, it's like a, a huge 
party slash conference just for GameStop people. And GameStop people get hella pumped about it every year. I've, I've never worked for GameStop. I just know a lot of people in it. And they're just like, yeah, we're going to the, the big thing in Vegas this year. And it's like Wolf of Wall Street. But for nerds, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> well, for, so, Forte yeah. in the chat is uh, management uh, of GameStop. So I'm sure he's... he's he, 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 I he, bet you he's been to that. And they do like... He talks about it pretty extensively. Everybody yeah. gets swag at the end. And yeah. But see, yeah. I, the one thing I was going to add, I forgot this. When you mentioned that the Bethesda booth had alcohol is... I will tell you this, if E3 comes back, if these yeah. parties come back, based on the stories, based on what we've seen from the last 18 months, the one thing, just as the corporate lawyer in me, I would change about all these is the actual publisher slash employer production and delivery of alcohol. Because what you're seeing in Activision Blizzard, what you're seeing in Riot, what you're seeing in some of these other stories is what most lawyers and HR people know, which is you, you don't want to be responsible for how people behave when they've got a few drinks in them. Um, and so I think that some of what we're seeing in those stories um, at a more benign level uh, before the things happen is that you get, oh, well, we had a keg in the in the lobby <laughs> that you could just go get to and that kind of thing. So parties are a little bit different, but I would be willing to bet that after all of this, the games industry takes a look at alcohol production period. I would, yeah, this is a whole separate conversation, but we sure, can definitely talk about like the role of, of alcohol and party culture in the games industry yes. because it's so young and kind of the the, the culture there. But yeah, that's, uh, as somebody who doesn't drink and has been to those parties, I'm like, <laughs> risk management, y'all. Like, this is crazy. Oh, and I see a crazy. comment here. They're going to find it if they want it. That's true. There is a distinction true. between providing it to them and yes. not. Yeah, a big one, a big one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's uh, yeah, I guess we'll see how Summer Game Fest turns out. Jeff said this week that, uh, you know, they're going to be they've got some new things planned compared to last year. And we'll we'll see how it turns out. Obviously, we'll be commenting on it when we know more. But uh, he's an industrious fellow. There is no question. However you feel about him. He he does a lot of work. He does a lot of work. And he's really, um, you know, he's he he is whether you like it or not. Like you said, he's driving some things forward. Um, mm -hmm. And he's done extremely well for himself. So uh, you Canadian can't, who likes work, you can't, you know, <laughs> you can't fault him for that. Yeah, no doubt. So the other big topic this week, guys, is we finally got this PlayStation Spartacus unveiling, which uh, I don't know, really landed flat for me. Big personally. topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, big coverage, I guess. Maybe it's not so much a big topic. Uh, but I'm I at least having wanted... fun. I wish it were a big topic. And seriously, I, I sat out there and said, God, I wish Sony had delivered here. And yes, that's the past tense. I, I agree I, with I you. Wish they had. And I agree with you because this felt underwhelming, if anything. So high level. And I know most of our. our I'm going to have a hot take. Yay. <laughs> oh, we haven't even gotten a halo yet. Uh, but I know that. Um, <laughs> You know, most of our listeners know know what's going on here, but they they unveiled three plans as was uh, leaked a while ago: essential, extra, premium, and uh, you know you can find kind of all the details of each uh, on the site there. Um, but essentially, this is your your. There's nothing really new here. Uh, you've got your basic if you want to play online, you know, on PlayStation, and then you get up to your premium, which includes, you know, your PS Plus games as you know them today in that library, as well as uh, some form of the PS Now streaming and downloads that you could have subscribed to separately, combined into one fancy package here. Or that, that was premium you were just describing. I, yeah, these words are ridiculous. So starting out with branding, it's yeah. it's essential, extra, premium, and right. hey, if we don't stream to you deluxe instead of premium these are horrible these, these yes. it feels like you need a ubisoft graph 
just to just understand which edition that you want. But yeah, so so premium is the one with now slapped on it. It and is. And then the, the only real change that we don't know is extra has the library of PlayStation uh, four and four. PlayStation five games. Correct. And we they say up to four hundred, which is by the way a really weird way to describe your own service is up to something, but that's fine. Um, yeah, and then. Three. Yeah, well, it's it should be it should be at least uh, you know Game Pass. I think they started out announcing it was 150 plus games. I think is what they used to say yeah. about. Game oh, Pass. they say over 100, and they still do. Okay, they still yeah. do, even though it's like and, and it's, it's like so 400 well something. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. They like to under uh, under promise. Yes, um, but yeah, so we don't know the status there. So before we get into any substantive discussion here, I think the one thing I would say is that we don't know. We think that premium is just now slapped on, but they've got some other retro package that we don't know the full library of. We don't know the full library of four and five. Um, and so right. some of the value proposition there is still hidden. We, we do know certain Correct. things. We know day one games are out. We know the things that they referenced are at least a year old and usually many more years old in terms of the reference to their library. Um, but we don't actually know what it looks like. So yes, that's the thing so, that jumped out at me at first. You're right. Now you're I'll, stop right. Kind of, I'll stop monopolizing conversation. No, no, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> you, you did nail it. So the essential is just your basic, you know, you get your two monthly games and you get the play online, you get cloud storage, cloud storage still locked behind a pay tier, by the way, Boom. crazy, which is, which is crazy <laughs> in 2022. Yeah. Then you get extra, which adds, as you said, a catalog of up to 400 with an asterisk. PS4 and PS5. Show games. me where that asterisk leads, by the way, in that press release. They use one <laughs> does it, single does it asterisk. Not lead like, anywhere? They use one single asterisk like four times. So it's like up to your judgment. <laughs> it's just judgment calls. Yeah. And then premium is the what they call the highest, which is what we've already said. You get PS some PS3 games av available via streaming because even they can't figure out how to allow you to download them, which is crazy. Self-processor, good idea. Well, and, and I, well, I'll, I'll rant about that too, because for God's sakes, there's, there's plenty of emulators that you can download PS3 games on. Like Sony themselves could have simply used an emulator to allow their own audience to download PS3 games. But that's so much overhead thing. between the PlayStation 5 and the PlayStation 3, figure it out. It's not it's my not job, hard. Sony. No. Yeah. And then they give you cloud streaming, like we said, the PS Now equivalent, which is PS2, PSP, and PS4 games. Uh, and then the last thing, of course, which we leaked ahead of time too, was and, and the way they worded this too, time limited game trials will be offered for some games so that you can try before you buy. No games mentioned, by the way. So, are there no any non time limited game trials? <laughs> we call those demos, right? It's a great yeah. point. Yeah. By, just, by definition, a trial yeah. is time limited. I don't know if yes. we needed the time limited qualifier on that. Unless, unless they mean it's only. Limited. Well, it, they might mean that. You can play this for five hours, but you can only do it during this month. Well, it could be, it could be you, you can play the first level download. of the game. I mean, that's not necessarily Wasn't there one trial or something that, that was like it took the download time as the, like the start, like when you hit download? Yes, it, it starts did. the trial and, it, and then it took four hours. <laughs> that's five amazing. Hour trial that's like that. amazing. Oh, I remember yeah. that. I don't remember which wasn't game that it was. Flight Simulator? Uh, I don't remember. I remember the simulator wouldn't have had a trial would it have. They did. I remember they had a story that they they, they flipped the button on the download and it's like that's that's uncool, bro. Yeah. You know, technical term there, but it is uncool, bro. I think that's <laughs> illegal. That's in legal documents, mm -hmm. right? Uncool. Right? It might so, be. Judges don't I, footnotes. They love jokes. So it's 
client was so, being so the, the pricing here it's relevant to talk pricing and sorry i'm not going to cover every country's pricing but generally <laughs> speaking you know the differences between monthly and annually you pay annually ahead of time it's obviously cheaper but what you're looking at here is 60 dollars a year for the basic the essential 100 dollars a year for the extra and 120 dollars a year for playstation plus premium which essentially on its surface is double what you pay for ps plus today because it's 60 dollars a year for ps plus msrp right so if you want the premium you're paying 120 but it's cheaper if i remember correctly it's cheaper than if you played for ps plus and ps now combined today right yes that's what they're claiming although it's, it's such a minuscule amount of people uh that I, i'm not sure it's even worth it in terms of you, they, they did so that, many that weird, crossover yeah it's been so many weird number things here this is the stuff that always raises my red flags right so the game industry biz article comes out at the same time says 50 million people subscribe to either playstation plus or playstation now already and i'm like well <laughs> you're you're doing some work there show me that's, that uh, and, that's and a somebody very came to my comment. headline yeah somebody yeah. came to my comments and said well playstation now is currently showing it like three million or, or something like that and i said yeah this is that sounds about right because what jim ryan goes to games industry business says is well if you're buying both together this is actually a discount the packaging i said how many people is that yeah. let's 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 be honest with each other here. PlayStation yeah. Now failed fundamentally as like a, a big forward-looking platform. Yeah. That's why you're freaking rebranding it and slapping it together with Plus. Now, the fact that you kept the word Plus and then slapped extra on it is insane to me. You've got PlayStation with two separate adjective modifiers, and then you use different words on top of that. So the branding here is PlayStation typical, which is just always boring. Somewhat confusing. <laughs> um, reminds me of the Microsoft side of things, the Xbox One and the Xbox Series X and, the, you know, all these various things, which is like, eh, that's yeah. fine. But there's a couple so, of things that are... Oh, the other, other thing I was going to add is there's a couple of things built into there that I think things like the graphics we saw uh, miss, which is that all of those come with that multiplayer component, right? So when you're reading the two services against each other, all of these come with the equivalent of uh, Xbox Gold, um xbox live playing multiplayer games when that's not the case with just buying a naked game pass so like you have to start Correct. trying to equate these things in weird ways because they have sliced their packages differently from each yep. other yep. um so that's part of the conversation i was just going to mention in slow-mo in the chat corrected us because i had forgotten that i think it was last year early last year playstation lowered the price of ps now if you were just subscribed to ps now so he pointed out that if you did the annual plan for PS Plus and PS Now with that lower price, it was already 120 a year. So this is yeah. just an equivalency. At this is that point. right? Yes. So Jim Ryan literally went out there and said this was a price reduction. So he, yeah. he must have been using a little bit more space math by saying yeah. if you buy it monthly, it's a price reduction. Maybe, maybe. And you so the annual. And we didn't. By the way, we didn't. Bad. Still cheaper it, than Game Pass a year. It is. It is. Well, well but, but no, the. Oh yes, it is. I'm sorry. Ultimate, ultimate, it is. Yeah. Well, so that's what I'm. That's why I'm saying when we compare these things, because you got console warriors everywhere. So you have to keep in mind that Game Pass Ultimate is where you get gold with it. Yes. So, so that's what you really have to compare to these line, uh, this line of of services. Is you have to have the one that includes gold. Correct. Yeah. Um, which would be and, fifteen. Yeah. Which is fifteen, and doesn't have an annual concept, which is which is part of the econ economics here. PlayStation's playing one of those economics principles, which is like, let's let's solve the recurring revenue problem. Let's lock you in and give you a discount. And it's not an insignificant discount. Like they, no, they did annual right that way. Yeah. Um, but they're trying to get you to commit for long periods of time. Correct. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, it's, you know, we don't necessarily have to compare one-to-one, but the, you know, the, the thing we kind of all knew we weren't going to get is day one game releases from first party, right? We, we knew PlayStation wasn't going to go that route. And let me read these quotes from Jim Ryan and then you guys can, <laughs> uh, and then you guys can uh, give your spiel and I'll, I'll let you kind of go at what your total thoughts on this. So there, there's quite a bit here. So let me go because I, these, these quotes were shared by GameIndustry.biz and kind of all over, but I think they're relevant. So, and the wording he uses, man, he must have been a politician at some point. He went to business school. He definitely I mean, did. Talk to he me about the did. virtuous cycle, Ainge. Yeah, he said, we feel like we are in a good virtuous cycle with the studios where the investment delivers success, which enables yet more investment, which delivers yet more success. We like that cycle and we think our games like that cycle. He then continued and said, in terms of putting our own games into the service or any of our services upon their release, as you well know, this is not a road that we've gone down in the past. It's not a road that we're going to go down with this new service. We feel if we were to do that with the games that we make at PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle will be broken. The level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible. And we think that knock-on effect on the quality of the games that we would make would be some not something that gamers want. And that's now, the flag that the Sony console warriors have taken up to march up their various hills. Of course they have. And then he follows that up, which I, I, I really enjoyed because um, the, the, these, this statement was my favorite one about putting PS games on PC. The way the world is changing so very quickly at the moment, nothing is forever, though. We would have said even four years ago that you would see AAA PlayStation IPs being published on PC. Who would have said? I'm sorry. Yeah, right. We started that last year with Horizon Zero Dawn, Days Gone, and now God of War a hugely polished and accomplished PC version of the game. We've had great critical success and great commercial success, and everybody has made their peace with that happening and is at completely at ease with it. Well, no shit, you're making more money. Can you hear them? People had to be stretched for this. They've made their peace with it. <laughs> they made their peace with making more profit. Part of that interview from that he gave about PC folks, every time they mention it, they say it's essentially a two-year window. So it's to try to not offend playstation players yes um and you could see how they're they're trying to figure out things behind the scenes and how much friction there clearly is at their internal decision making bodies that's true yeah and his very last sentence which i is my favorite of the whole thing i look back four years ago and think nobody would have seen that coming <laughs> come on jim stop what? it you, see, you skip the, the the start of the article where they talk about Sony being at the, the forefront of all the subscription services. I'm like, uh-huh, okay. To, to yeah. be fair, to be fair, PlayStation isn't the only one that delays their PC releases. And the reason other companies do it is because PC, the PC community steals the, your game quite often. And uh, <laughs> like Rockstar has had that as their policy. They release on console and then PC way later because they have been completely honest that like people on PC like – the vast majority of them apparently are just pirating the game. So it's, you know, you, you get, it makes sense. I think I, I, I don't begrudge Sony for doing that, especially as a platform holder, but I don't begrudge it to them. I think it's interesting that they, <laughs> they both are saying they're doing these things and also want kudos for doing what I consider to be the obvious thing. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's ridiculous for sure. It, yeah. By the way, I, I don't know if you were going to quote it, Ains, but like towards the end of his conversation points, he actually mm -hmm. espouses the value of live services against day one subscription releases which i think is a worthy sure topic no um, I, I didn't put that in my notes i don't have it in front of me okay uh, i don't have it up either i can pull it up it's it's like the last paragraph where he basically says uh when you engage with live services games when you play those kinds of games it's like being a subscriber to something anyway um and so he really starts to say you can 
he, he's not great at hiding as much as like Phil is what the right. backroom discussions are. Correct. So you can you can figure out what all the board meetings were for the last quarter at Sony when you read one of those articles from him and you get that's why we announced 10 live services games. That's why we bought Bungie. That's why we're focused on what's why we bought Haven. That's why we're focused on these things is we're not going to compete on that level. He gives a lot of butt kiss about what investment means to games, which can work in either model. So just disregard that, Sony fanboys. That doesn't make me a Game Pass shill. It just means that either model can work if you set the pricing and the markets right. But you get to the end there and you see, okay, Sony's plan is a bunch of destinies um, at various levels. That's that's obviously the highest level of this kind of service. And they see that as competitive with what Xbox is doing. And I will also tell you behind the scenes that what comes across to me is that they truly don't believe that Xbox can sustain it. They truly believe that it is subsidized by the income that that company makes from other sources and that they are throwing it all at a price that's too low to actually make the returns on investment that Sony needs to survive and justify itself to its shareholders or its board members or whomever. And, and that comes across in this interview, it comes across in the last four, where you get this kind of disbelief that that can actually work. Um, and sure. Sony is being dragged across into a subscription service model because they don't they want to have that box to check. But to me, you look at this offering and it is the bare minimum, the, the literal bare minimum that they could put together to say we've got a subscription service too. That that's yeah. what I see them doing. And it's not the direction I would have gone with them. I think you've heard me say before, Sony has to get weird. Sony can't money cannon against Microsoft. Sony can't do these various things. Sony has brilliant developers making great games. They need to figure out other ways to leverage that. And I, I have to be honest, I even knowing that there wouldn't be day one games, even knowing that this was being undersold to some extent, I was disappointed in what they put together. I, I don't think that they sold it very well. And what I see from Jim Ryan and what I see from the board to some extent is backwards thinking and ill preparedness for the future that awaits them. Now, they're trying with live services, and, and I hope they do because I like Sony and I've liked them since the 90s. Uh, but... I, I am concerned that they are going too slowly and they are going ineffectively against what is quickly becoming a gorilla in the room. Well, here, here's, yeah. Here's, real real go quick, ahead, Dan. Because, you know, and John literally just pointed out, I was going to say this, you know, there, there's a third party element that we don't talk about. Everybody talks about these first party day and day games, right? Mm -hmm. Let's, let's, I mean, let's go back. I mean, since, since game pass release, we've had CFE, State of Decay 2, uh, Halo, Gears, you know, Horizon. Forza, nothing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you, the, the biggest ones for me have always been those third party ones. MLB, the show last year and this year, you know, Which Outriders to a certain extent, you know, I mean, that's, you know, the, the, there's, there's, and, and PlayStation just released, I think it was Shadow Warrior 3 on PlayStation now. They don't even yes. comment on this. That's a possibility. And that's what I need to see from both of these places to, you know, to get my money in the subscription. Well, their problem, their problem is a response to this. And the way Sony has always worked is best-in-class first-party games with really good third-party exclusives or other things that they pay for uh, to, to carry between those two markers. They know, they know for a fact that they are losing significant third-party exclusive possibilities from the last 18 months of Microsoft's operation. Huge, huge, huge deal. And they're not responding to it realistically. They, they can't cover it for Starfield. If... if if you imagine what Sony's release schedule looks like for this last year without Ghostwire and without, uh, eh, I want to say Bullet Hell. That's not right. Help me. Time traveling Bethesda Returnal? Death oh, uh, Deathloop. Deathloop. Thank you. Bullet Hell. <laughs> uh, Deathloop <laughs> and Ghostwire, then, then it becomes far more apparent what is going to happen to them. Um, and that's if they miss on a single first party game, which they will, 
then they're in serious dire straits for that quarter or that half year. And but, they need to recognize that they have lost a lot of that safety net of having great relationships, having the biggest hardware base, having all these things that they could use with Activision and Bethesda and potentially more. Microsoft, when they get this deal through, doesn't have to stop. And this is part of this story. That's why I'm saying they have to get weird. I, I don't love the Haven acquisition because they haven't released anything yet, but I also understand it. Um, and this was a chance for them to get in some kind of competitive stance, offering something different than uh, Xbox. What, what, what could you have done? Every PlayStation VR 2 game comes out on the service. Like, like announce something that Microsoft can't match. Do something weird. I think that's what is that what you're alluding to, Dan? Is you want to see if we're not going to get first party, Dan Dave, right. let's let's take more of this investment money that your fan base or customers are uh, giving you potentially. We'll see. I mean, the pricing is not a lot right. different, so I don't know what that's going to be. But you want to see that invested in third party deals that bring Dan Dave. They're already doing that with other games. They're they're already signing exclusive deals. You know, I mean, and some of them are you know mostly with Square Enix, but. It's it's still you know you can still pull that kind of stuff. If Final Fantasy fourteen were to release, you know, on this service, which I'm just gonna really quick say this, it's all trash. I'm, I'm not, it's I mean whatever they're putting out here is is just blowing. Smoke. I was gonna, I'm loving Travis's face throughout all this, but he's biting. <laughs> it. for, for people that can't I, I, view this, you audio listeners, he's biding his time. You know that scene in Phantom Menace? Yeah, where it's gonna be. Darth Maul is walking here, back so. and forth in front of the force field. It's Travis right now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking like like Sony is some kind of poor company that they're not making like billions of dollars, you know, every year on you, you know, and it's not like it's going down. We haven't seen that yet. Now, I, my question is, where's that tipping point? You know, when do these other acquisitions that Microsoft has, Activision, Bethesda and stuff, when does that start tipping it for you? You know, to to where, like you said, oh, Sony's got to get weird. And I think they've got a good enough relationship with several third-party publishers or, you know, and, and developers that could, you know, they could come out and they can go, okay, we're going to put this on. That maybe they can afford, you know, but it has to be day and date. You know, the, 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 the stuff that they're putting out, you know, when Hitman came out on Game Pass, I was like, yeah, that's great. I've already played hundreds of hours in it. And that's usually just me, you know, that's just the kind of gamer I am. You know, it's the FOMO. I'm, I'm Guardians of the Galaxy. I was like, yeah, so Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, yeah, I played that too on two consoles actually but it's one of those That's things where like problem. i haven't seen anything from microsoft up to this point that makes me go i need to pay 15 dollars a month you know for these day and date games because i really haven't got them yet and we keep we've talked about you know that 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 cadence of every four months we start getting that in between there those third party uh big triple a games are going to be very very important you know I, my game pass i even had to say this ran out the 30th of March. I didn't renew it. I've got tons of codes because I bought a ton of them on like <laughs> on sale where I would get like, you know, three months for like 10 bucks or something. So, you know, it, yeah. it's, I've gotten, I've got all that, you know, if I need it, but you know, when Starfield comes out, I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to get this for, you know, I'm going to put throw in one of my codes or I give them to my kids because they use it all the time. So it, it's, it's this, what they're doing here is just consolidation. Basically. Um, I know people are really upset too with the, you know, the legacy and, and, and not being able to play your games on your PS5. I mean, I haven't played an old game for, you know, there's so much new stuff. I don't understand this. I mean, I understand like the, the ownership part of it. Cause I've got, you know, two giant hard drives full of old Xbox games that, you know, 
and it's their, I guess they're mine, you know, whatever, but I, I don't play them, you know? So, I mean, there's, there's so many, I think people use these big releases instead of like actually going, what kind of value does it give me? They use it for like, this is better than this. This is better than this. Look at my console. It's better than this. Really, I challenge you guys, just go in there and go like, well, like how much do I actually use it? And you guys might, and, and, and but some people probably don't. And, and it's it's not like this PlayStation crap that they just came out with. It's I've got two years of codes for, you know, PSN, you know, because I got them for like 25 bucks. So, that, you know, I'm good on that for a couple more years, you know, and, and that's fine. I don't play online either. So that's another big thing. So it, okay. it's, it's, it's it, I think it's all subjective, right? Like anything that you're going to get. Of course, value is subjective. Value is subjective. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think we we've talked before, Dan. I think uh, I generally agree with you. And there there's, I think it's uh, value versus perceived value, right? Like I think one of the things that was brought up here as a comparison is that Xbox has they've invested, and and we don't know how much it cost them, of course, but they've obviously invested in backwards compatibility, right? And they've given they've given their players in that ecosystem the ability to play their original Xbox and 360 games and Xbox One games on Series X, whether you have the disc or you bought it digitally and you can do that all for free and whether I think it's, and I agree with you, there's probably a huge chunk of people that will never do that. Yeah. That talk about being able to do that, but there's still, yeah, their games still are a, still sealed, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I may not, I may not ever use it and I completely agree with you, but there's still inherent value there, right? Like there's still, you're still from an ecosystem perspective, have something that you can do that it offers for free. If you want to, right. That, PlayStation is taking a different approach on. You have to pay for it, right? Like you have to pay for playing. Well, not PS4. PS4 they've supported, right? But if you want to go back and play your PS1, PS2, like we've seen in this, you have to pay for it. So whether or not you use it, I, I think I, I agree with you. There's probably a lot of people, as we know, we always joke about the console warriors on this show that just want to argue about the stuff and don't even really partake in it in reality. But that's that's not what I'm concerned about. I don't care about them, right? Like. I care about the fact. I think it's a great feature that I can put in my KOTOR disc, which I've done from my original Xbox and played it on my Series X at an improved resolution. You say, and get it boosted. Yeah, and get it boosted. Like, well, we increased the frame rate and the resolution. Yeah, for free. I I think that is a a selling point, even if it's a small one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. I think we put too much... I mean, you say there's inherent value. I mean, how how much? You know, I mean, it's going to go from personal... Well, that goes back to subjective. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. And so, so that's fine. I mean, th- now they're coming out with this family plan, supposedly, according to Game Windows Pass. Central yeah. for Game Lord, Pass. Yeah. That's something that I might be interested in because I'm already paying $30 a month or whatever it is, not, you know, my codes withstanding, you know, for my <laughs> kids. They each sure. have a different subscription. So if I had to, if that was all I had to pay or if it was a little bit less, that, and then I could get it up to five people, you know, this is all the rumors and stuff or the, I don't know if it's confirmed yet, but. You know, that's something that I'm really looking forward to, you know, that that, that I would 100% jump jump right on it. I mean, it wouldn't even take me a second. So, I mean, but up to this point, if I don't use it, you know, and that, and this this isn't Game Pass exclusive as far as how I feel about subscription services. I hate them because I went through all mine. I've got $200 worth of subscription services, and I'm looking at it like I don't even watch this half the time, you know, or like a Netflix or Hulu or or, or how do we drag Plus Netflix this. into this? Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying all, all of the, all that stuff is, is just, it just gets to the point where you're just like, man, how much money can I save, and just use it as I need it? You know, it's like, oh, hey, there's a new 
show on HBO Max, I'm going to get it for this month. I'll watch that yeah, and watch the other shows, catch up on well, Par- Paramount Plus. I mean, they uh, I can't imagine the huge influx of subs they had from Halo, right? Who may yeah, not right. stick around after watching watch Halo. Watch Mayor of Kingstown, people. I keep saying this. Go watch I it. Have it, it Plus. I have watch it in my queue. I have it in my queue. Watch it. Thank you. Yeah. But, all right. on the Halo subscribers, I guess. Tra- Travis, Travis, you have yes, been. Travis, hit yeah. Us. yeah, this is the longest you've been quiet since you've joined the show. By the way, I don't think we've ever you've ever gone this long without speaking. <laughs> I want to so. take a pill real quick. Hold on. I'm just he, listening, man. I'm just listening. He's just waiting. To different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just so, listening so, to different. Different. Gotta, well, can I get one, one one quick last comment before Travis? Sure. Bombs oh. us all. I think putting retro on the highest level, making sure that you have to buy all the other things that you might otherwise own, is absurd. <laughs> I think that's a mistake. Putting that at the premium level with Jim Ryan giving quotes and say, I don't know who's going to even play this stuff is, um, is not a great look. And I don't love the way that they handled that. Now, Travis, talk to us about why we're, yeah. we're being a little bit overly aggressive. on. That. Um, I, I guess it's not that I have anything wrong with anything you guys have said. I, I actually don't disagree with a lot of your criticism. I'm more just happy that it turned out this way because I think it would have been a mistake for them to, basically chase xbox in this market so like a lot of people and i i honestly think this is sony's own fault they were kind of like positioning this as their answer to game pass and and it ended up not being one basically but if you look so so a few things i think their messaging is pretty bad i think the tier pricing is way more confusing than it needs to be that's kind of part of the beauty of game Pass. Is it's just like very it's like super dumb marketing it's like 15 bucks a month game pass you know uh i i think i think that's that's great um uh, and, and I, and I also think that the expectation game that they were playing where there was like this big reveal and all these news, like, I don't know what, if that was intentional, but it, it sort of ended up to underwhelming. And I also agree, Hogue, that them putting their oldest products at the highest level of, of the service as like, that's going to be the thing that, that brings people to that, I think is kind of a mistake. And it also sort of highlights one of the, one of the key differences between xbox and playstation which is how they think about backwards compatibility um and they're sort of taking the nintendo approach to be honest which is like this is a separate product you basically have to pay to do back and pat and that's yeah, like that expansion packs premium yeah. is like expansion pass that's good for yeah them. it's it's very similar to kind of their model um and and i and i don't love that but i will say to me PlayStation should never have tried to to fit, to chase Xbox with Game Pass. I think Xbox needed Game Pass because what they were doing wasn't really working. And when you're losing the game, you change the game, right? That's so that that was their method. They they were losing, and they were like, "All right, well, you know, if we're losing it at at a basketball, we're gonna play chess. We're gonna like That's just exactly what happened." Yeah, and 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 it, yep. it worked it, to their credit. They carved their corner of the market, and I think that you know, 25 million subscribers is nothing to sneeze at. That's huge um, for for a monthly premium service that you can't buy annually. These are people every month that are saying yes every month it's a dance point sometimes not but i think their plan is to keep that ball rolling with all these acquisitions and make it so that you basically can never leave it's like netflix it's like you could leave yeah. but how many people actually bother to turn it off Maybe right? you bring it up netflix <laughs> I yeah know, well, I talk well about netflix because my method is to roll a year without it and then buy it for one month and watch whatever they watch everything that's what that's I a do. that's a brilliant idea uh, i honestly, don't i don't think but, you're the majority though Hope. but here's the i thing. don't know I, you, you know, know when they keep jacking up the prices and they keep having their content removed to other services I think there's yeah. a, they're talking about tipping points. Netflix yeah. is in a bit of hurt right now. Sure, sure, but they 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 also to 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 their credit, they they did kind of what Game Pass is doing, and that they built out that market, and now it's being competed against, which I think yep. is good. Let's like you know you don't you don't want the first uh, product out there to dominate forever, um, or at least to not have no competition. That's right. Sometimes so. you're PUBG against Fortnite. 
That's right, exactly. And 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 you thank PUBG for its service, but ultimately yes. it was the it was the prototype, right? So, yep. um, I I think uh, I I think that that um, that that that's great what they're doing, but I think it would have been a huge mistake for PlayStation to go. We have a Game Pass service too because their model is different than Xbox's, and I think it's a strength that it's different. And I think that it's because it's working so well for them, they also have no incentive to do it. I think that it is kind of a bad look to have them sort of like middle of the of the you know kind of the kind of they're like waiting they're they're walking that that tightrope which i think is kind yeah. of not a, not a good look but if there are people in their ecosystem who want this sort of service good for them i i certainly don't think me and, and how i use playstation will be doing anything but the basic just because that that sort of serves my needs but um i secretly i'm kind of happy it's not as it's not what everybody thought it was going to be i'm happy that it was the jason schreier leak after all and that it's sort of just a an up up uh, graded version of of what they were already doing and i love that they're doing this completely different strategy than xbox and i love that nintendo's doing a third also completely different strategy uh and it just kind of shows that there's room for all these companies to be successful and i, I don't necessarily want them to all have the same model because i kind of want to see which one's going to work in well, the long I run right yeah. To violently agree with you, Travis, I <laughs> have always liked that they these three have separated this generation out into their various models. Um, you know, high fence wall garden for Nintendo, medium sized yes. fence for PlayStation, yeah. Game Pass, open up all the services. The where the one place I will disagree with you on, and I think I actually am agreeing with you because you, you had a middle section there that agreed with this. I actually think it's too close. I, I think it's too close to a very weak sauce Game Pass that creates a kind of negative energy around it that I, I look at it. I mean, there's a reason GameSpot went out with a graphic. There's a reason IGN went out with a graphic. There's a reason all these places say Game Pass versus Spartacus, yeah. which is still PlayStation Plus, is because that's how it reads. To me, if you're going to offer this kind of middling effort here, you should be framing it differently. And this is just packaging. But, you know, okay, we're going to have PlayStation Plus, but you can strap libraries onto it. You know, we're going to do we're going to do different things than that just look like a game pass, but just weaker. Um, and I think they get cl too close to the sun on, on this stuff because it just looks like a terrible game pass to me. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah. Own it. Yeah. Have your middle fenced high walled garden. Don't try to compete with this if this is what competition looks like for you. Yeah, the so way I 100% that... I, I agree with that as well, Hogue, that like they sort of maybe shouldn't have done this. But I guess my expectation was that, you know, when Spartacus was announced, they're going full Game Pass competitor. And I, I sort of found myself relieved that they were just doing this, right? Like, obviously, the optics are terrible. And as I said before, the messaging across the board has been terrible. From the launch to the announcement to the fact that they kind of set this up as a Game Pass competitor and then backed away from that. Like, all parts of it were bad. But I'm just, <laughs> it, ultimately, when I saw what they were offering, I was like, oh, thank God it's not Game Pass. They're well, still going to do the premium walled garden. Thank God. It's bad because it almost feels like they don't believe in it as they announce it. Right. Like, yeah, the right. interview sure. is kind of like, eh, who's going to play retro games? Who needs PlayStation 3 streaming? Uh, and we've got kind of a library here if you're interested. Like, it's all this kind of... <laughs> you, know, uh, you, know, you know what's funny is all, all of the console uh, owners... Um, seem to feel that way about back compat like even phil spencer he goes yeah people like back compat but like who actually plays that and then he also says that like the stats show that people don't really use it that much but they just like it they like to feel it you know <laughs> well yeah. and, and there's a value a in goodwill in marketing yeah. it's essentially a marketing spend that Correct. you feel like they care about you you feel like they care about archiving games they you feel like they are fans right there's a reason phil spencer wears leather jackets with logo t-shirts around he is not that guy 
in in business room settings. Okay, he might be a fan of games, but he's he's going and crushing Bobby Kotick on the phone for the dollar share price. I mean, this is <laughs> this is a real CEO, but he wants to project these things. And Xbox, exactly as you said, Travis, was getting its freaking butt kicked and said, well, "We're not we're not going to play plastic boxes under TVs anymore." You know what we've got? We've got a war chest. So let's start let's start aiming money cannons and see what we can build. Yeah, well, and they have the infrastructure to do it as well. Um, by the way, I I violently agree with you as the quote of the week, and uh, there's way too much agreement on this episode between the four of us. I, don't I know, like I'm bit. surprised. I don't like I was, it one bit. Well, well look, we're gonna get into Halo. Okay, we'll get into Halo. Well, no, I I actually think we're gonna agree more than last week on Halo too. So but oh, okay. we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we got a super chat from Mister Rand Thor. Good to see yeah, you Rand, here today, Rand. Man. Thank you, sir. Question from Mister Hove: Does Sony? Uh, revealing the new PS Plus revamp with almost double the subs of Game Pass inadvertently helped Microsoft with the Activision uh, acquisition. Say that 10 times fast since it's, uh, <laughs> PS Plus is bigger. Okay, so I could do a 45 minute answer to this. We're going to try to keep it to a couple uh, minute answer here. The answer is probably no in short form. There's a couple things happening here. First of all, 50 million PlayStation Plus subscribers doesn't matter as compared to what would be a market for subscription services for a library of video games. That is distinct from the multiplayer market. So PlayStation Plus versus Gold is how those numbers would look together. That's not what the FTC is likely to be concerned about with this deal. If they were to be concerned about this deal, and it's not gonna be based on a senator's letter, it's not gonna be based on all this other stuff that you see flying around, it would probably be on Xbox trying to kill a nascent competitor in the subscription service library gaming kind of concept, that market specifically. So at that point, you're looking at PlayStation Plus Extra at minimum. And we have absolutely no idea what the uptake on that is. And in fact, the FTC could say, well, there's competitors, it's a naturally forming market, so we shouldn't step into this deal. They could instead say, Sony's trying to get in, and this purchase was specifically to kill what Dan wants, a negotiation in an open market for that Call of Duty game on either service. That that these purchases that we've seen for the last 18 months was knowing Spartacus was out there, which Microsoft basically admitted since they announced it before Sony, uh, in one of their own press conferences. And then the FTC, if they were so inclined, and it's a political body, and I talk about this on Virtually God, and I've talked about it here a bunch, if they were so inclined to find a reason to get involved in this deal, they could say, Sony's trying to get into this market, and Microsoft is spending $70 billion to make sure that that can't happen. Uh, and so that's when you can raise eyebrows if they are already inclined to that. So I think their announcement of this could potentially be read either way. I'm sorry, I can't give a better answer than that. It's a very lawyer answer. Uh, but it's not the 50 million that are in PlayStation Plus. That is not a competitor to Game Pass, at least the, the Game Pass that we think of, the library version. Yeah. So that was great. 45 minutes. Did I do okay? I was like, no, you, you did great. So thank you very much, <laughs> Rand. Thank you for the super chat, man. Great to see you out here today. Always fun chatting with you. And uh, yeah, that was great. Uh, by the way, I did miss a super chat from Mr. Gecko Gamer. I apologize, Gecko. Yeah. We got you right here, brother. Got it. Uh, $5 euros uh, from Gecko Gamer. Man, you got to stop, man, because you were putting too much money on here yeah i mean we sincerely uh, appreciate it but i'm almost yeah. feeling bad at this point brother yeah let's do like 50 cents after that first <laughs> <laughs> the preservationalist in me is mildly disgusted that the playstation one two three games are put on the highest tier yeah and that, that's kind of what i was alluding sorry rick oh no, I was gonna... I think this is me just jumping in on everybody <laughs> i was just gonna say, say that's what i was alluding to is that yeah. With, with Xbox, there's an inherent value in just, and you guys said it well, it's a marketing ploy, to basically say that you can do backwards compatibility for their things for free. The fact that you have to be the highest tier to do those things on PS Plus is kind of a, a partial insult. 
Well, I mean, the, the archival on Xbox feels like it's for hardcore gamers that have been there for 20 yes. years and have this kind of library. In some respects, this PlayStation Plus initiative feels like the opposite. Like if, if they say, hey, you can get Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, God of War, Returnal, Mortal Kombat 11. I literally read through this listing going, um, yeah, I, I have those. I have all those. Uh, so it's not enticing to the guy that's been playing with Sony PlayStation games for a decade uh, or so versus come on in. They, they, and that's what Jim Ryan also ascribes it to. Is we're just trying to we're trying to up price the PlayStation Plus. This is us at the GameStop counter saying, "Do you want a strategy guide with that? You already got PlayStation Plus. What about some stickers uh, and just getting that number of recurring revenue a little bit higher?" But I agree with the preservation. Mm -hmm. One thing I will notice though is that they did they did reference downloads as a possibility rather than just streaming for the for the one, the yes, two, sir. and the PSP. Um, uh, and yes. three is the one that says specifically streaming, and then it gets confusing from there. Uh, certainly, downloads are a little bit more preservationist than than the alternative. Doesn't that seem backwards? Wouldn't PS3 games be the hardest to stream, and therefore probably should be downloadable? I think it's because now <laughs> it's set up for PlayStation 3 games, like it really was. So those servers, yeah. they're just strapping now to premium. It's just now. <laughs> hey guys, uh, mm. and thank you, Gecko. Appreciate it, brother. Um, Super seven. Super seven X's. It was a two dollar super chat. Where the, I, says, I'm literally scrolling through the entire comments. Oh, you know, it's 11:14 a.m. If you want to timestamp on it, thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you. I apologize, guys. And you know why? It's because so many of you ha having good conversations with us today. I'm yeah, not used to keeping up like this. The chat. Yeah, I apologize yeah. sincerely. We're not, we're not used to that engagement yet, guys. We're gonna, we're <laughs> we're there we it is. Auto, they should auto-star <laughs> the super chat. They you should. Guys, it, it, yeah, and they and should. my window's like this big, guys. So it's like it's really yeah. hard. To, I apologize. We got it. All right. Uh, well, thank you, man, for the $2 <laughs> super chat. Is grinding 50 hours for stone slash coins in Kirby crazy? Yes. Kirby's nah. got some playtime. You know what? Love you. what you love, man. You love what you. you love. Kirby's a good game. <laughs> okay, then no. Apparently no. I, I said yes originally. I'm gonna I haven't take played that Kirby yet, man. I'm really excited to. There's just either. too many There's too many other games right now that get to it. So. You put that Kirby game on. It's got delightful music. It puts you in a calm state of mind. I tell you what, I'm going to be playing Kirby before my next negotiation because that stuff is stressful. You get Kirby, <laughs> get your mind right. <laughs> thank you super seven x good to see you man thank you very much sorry about missing that i am doing my best here and we got tal i'm not gonna miss towels as well who just came in wherever the hell that went good lord you, you guys are killing it chat super chat we love you yeah no seriously Angel's in charge you. we can't control five anything dollar right? super no. chat I suck. Yeah. I know. I'm I'm God. doing my best here, guys. I feel mm -hmm. like I feel like a waiter right now that's got like nine tables and plates on all my hands, and I'm I trying to buy you. Don't you have it stored? We gotta get you a stream deck and like a second monitor or something, man. You're going big time. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Tal. Thank you for the five dollars bit. That damn big daddy icon is so Dan on so many levels. Big boys unite. There it is. Yeah. Well, Sorry, I don't know why you don't use. I don't know why you don't use that as your um Twitter avatar more often. I don't know. I mean, I, I got like several of them from Sean. So Sean Labrie, by the way, I can't remember yeah. his Twitter handle. He does a lot of these things. He did a couple of us for, for like the, the, uh, what were they? The, oh, the, gosh, the cup they did the cuphead style, style yeah, of us. Yeah. Cool oh, that's cool. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Like me, me, Dan and Bert had a, the three of us next to each other, all looking like cuphead characters at one point. Yeah. yeah. It was cool. pretty cool. So, all right. Yeah. Thank you guys. Great conversation. Great conversation on, on PS. Thank you chat for the engagement and sorry about that. Won't happen again. I, I, I partially promise. Um, all right. We've got Halo to talk about, but I did want to talk about one news thing that came out this week, which is Breath of the Wild 2 
formally delayed to spring of 2023 by Nintendo. They, uh, you know, the producer came out and gave a little statement about it. And uh, I can only think one thing here, guys, and that's that uh, they saw Elden Ring and panicked. That's what mm. happened. Or, or, or this was this was delayed like a year ago. Probably. I, I'm going with the Elden Ring one, but sure. I, yeah. Until I see something more than a teaser for like any game, I'm not I'm not counting your your remote dates. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the same with Starfield, which I I believe will hit because I think it has to for Microsoft. But like when you throw a date in a teaser, I'm like, okay, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. You can't predict a year of development any more than I can. So we'll see how we'll see what happens. It also depends on the company and if they give a specific date or a year. So, like, for me, Breath of the Wild 2 had all of the problems. It was, like, a developer that usually shows their games earlier, uh, no specific date, no word from it. Like, the difference yeah. between Starfield is, like, the culture. This totally is in line this with what they do. They have I a mean, specific date, that, yeah. all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, the one thing I will say that I always use as a kind of uh, paradigm for me is, what, especially for the first announcement, I always push it forward whatever the... Uh, area of dating that they use so if they say spring of a year it's actually the the summer <laughs> that's smart if they say that's a year totally smart. next yeah. year yeah that, so we, we so lock if, in on a date so i agree with you i think starfield hits for sure they're pretty confident there breath of the wild's been delayed the big question now is ragnarok does ragnarok still hit in 2022 I can't believe that game's supposed to come out because we have seen nothing that they, one seems like a easy delay well we me. saw the original reveal where they showed gameplay the they original gameplay of Ragnarok. That was last year, but we saw it. That but that was last year, but the, the, the first reveal was just the symbol that said it 2020, was 2021, 2020. 2021 originally. Yes. Okay. Oh, and so then, it's already been delayed. Okay. It's already been delayed. And when they did the state of the big state of play they did last year is when they showed it for the first time. It looks very similar to 2018, but they then said 2022. And as we all know, we're in April and we still don't have remote date so is this their big summer announcement and date you think for the fall or i can see that yeah june i think that's the the e3 window yeah i think they're reserving it right like when they announced horizon you know they said at first they said it was going to be like a launch window game then they said holiday and it's like yeah all right it's just like (laughs) hogwarts legacy it's like it's going to be holiday it's like oh okay i'm going to assume it's valentine's day as i've said uh before because that's the kind of thing that happens. Yeah. Um, so I think Ragnarok has a chance. Uh, but what really bothers me as a, as a JRPG fan is that Square hasn't bothered to date Final Fantasy 16. And usually I need three years from the date they first give. Um, so but, and they might be trying something new, which is great. That would be fine with me. Except that in my head, I'm like, that first date is a lie. It is a yeah. lie and you won't even date it. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for Maybe that. Maybe they've I'm, learned from the past and they're going to not, not that's give you the a hope. date. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like the look of 15 from the get-go. Like when I first, in fact. 13 versus. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Final Fantasy 15 shown at Xbox's E3 for the first time? Yeah, I think so. Oh, God. 2018? Uh, you mean 15 or 13 versus? No, 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 15. 15. <laughs> I think because I swear I, I might have been in the audience at their press conference at E3 when that was shown. But anyway, my my point being, I didn't from the very outset. I was like, no, I don't like that at all. Like the style. That's of the it trailer just, that collapses yeah. the thirteen verses into the fifteen, right? Like that's what happened behind the scenes. Oh, is that I what know. is that what it was? Yeah. I didn't know you were referring to. Announcement takes the thirteen logo and goes and makes a fifteen out of it. Yeah, um, I ended up liking fifteen. 
15 is greater than the sum of its parts, but it's got a lot wrong with it. 16, I like, from what they showed, that original unveil, I like that looked more Final Fantasy to me than 15 did. But I hate Luminous. I think that engine is a mistake. But other than that, I'm looking forward to 16 as a game. Square Enix, uh, well, yeah, we'll leave that. They're moving, like everybody else, they're moving (laughs) to Unreal 5. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, good good choice. Um, We got a super chat from Mr. Agree on one thing, really. Breath of the Wild 2 will set the new paradigm for open world games. Oh God, please don't like do it, Dan. Breath of the Wild did for every oh, other I, open world game. I think it'll it, it set won. the old paradigm. I think it'll, much like it God won. of War 2, I expect it to be more Breath of the Wild. Is my Me too. Uh, God of War 2 certainly looks like more 2018 God of War. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah, Breath of the Wild 2. There's a red flag for there. me. That's also my problem with uh, Forbidden West, by the well, way. Well, the really interesting thing about Breath of the Wild 2 to me is that, uh, you know, six years of development, it, it doesn't look like what it also looks like, which is like a like an asset reuse. We put some castles in the sky and we already had the world. It's like usually you do that to bring it in quicker. So <laughs> I, don't know what's, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes there. So we'll I, see. I just hope. I could go on a rant here. Well, I, everyone knows I'm not a big fan of Breath of the Wild. I, I hope they bring dungeons well, back. Yeah. And I hope they make. Um, I hope there's more interesting things to do with kind of the uh, the weaponry and things of that nature. The things I didn't. I just hope they evolve it more than you, to your point, Travis. I hope they evolve it more than just saying it's more Breath of the Wild. Um, I, I just I, don't. I don't want to see that. I think that at this point, with how long it's taken them to make it, that it must be that that's. What's I hope happening. so. Yeah, because like God, so. God of War Two looks to me, and the rate at which it's coming out, if it's coming out this year, the fact that it was planned for twenty twenty one at all tells me it's going to be like more God of War, right? But big, Breath of the Wild at this point, <laughs> yeah. God, but at this point, like Breath of the Wild, I think is five years removed. It's probably going to end up being six. That's yeah. That's well, that's a significant six. upgrade. They just yeah. told us it's six at least. Yeah, it's going to be spring, six. Yeah, yeah. Spring twenty three is six. So it'll be seven to Hope's point. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So you gotta you gotta start collapsing it, right? So that this is yeah. the this is the second or third date they've put on this. Second, so, second delay. Yeah. Yeah. That, delay. But that, so you start you start bringing it in. If you remember Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, I think had eight dates, and and they get <laughs> they get closer. So it, it's you have to use your you have to you have to keep and, collapsing. And then, it like, and then uh, the like actual the actual launch was two months ago. For, so for cyberpunk yeah well that is true it got delayed past its launch that's so rare that's, that's kind of a ninth date really <laughs> um damn it i forget what i was just gonna say now damn no you were gonna say completely uh, yeah. left my head you're talking sorry. about uh, breath of the wild too and that you hope that it is more than oh oh someone uh someone referenced um one of the one of the big kind of guys who breaks news just cheekily put on twitter uh no we we know it's delayed to spring because it'll come out with the new switch and i was like all right so that i wish yeah i i, really I, wish, I, I wish too but i don't nintendo see it said no nintendo said no and honestly nintendo, if it ain't broke don't fix it keep selling the switches the last time they said so I, I i had a video about this they said absolutely no updates to the hardware four months before the oled was announced yep so it's like yep. trust them until it don't trust is them. that a hardware update Yes, an OLED screen at a different size. Yes, a cheap, a cheap OLED screen. It, yeah, well, it's a cheap. It, it was a cheap upgrade. It was for fifty honestly, bucks. They made forty five on margin. It, I, I will tell you this. I will tell you True. this. If you're not on, if you're not on the new Switch, it is worth it just for the stand. That's all I have to say. Well, that okay. So that's the other thing, right? Okay, so no. you made a ridiculous stand before, and it's like, yes, that's the stand that I expected when I bought the thing. Correct. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Lessons learned. 
Lessons yeah. learned. Yeah, exactly. All Maybe right, we got to... real Joy-Cons that work, and I'll be happier with you, Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, yes to all. All right, let me get the super chat from Mr. Iron Keg, otherwise known as Elu Spook's better half. Well, no, that, that I worded that weird because he's not, they're not married. This is yeah. his brother, so just to be clear <laughs> yeah $20 man thank you so much guys all for all four of you I'm sorry uh really well done today you've been so in life I really usually read it over here because this is so much smaller you've been <laughs> so insightful and all of these discussions have been entertaining and on point five dollars for each of you if only Luke were part of it then it would be perfect but then we only get four dollars and we couldn't have that hey ain't you my friend <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Shoot it over. Shoot it over. <laughs> we'll get all the aims just following the show. <laughs> By the way, uh, you know, that's uh, that's before Apple and Google take a lovely cut of it. So, yeah. yeah. For sure. but, but thank you so much, uh, Walt. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. All right, guys. Last topic, and you know what it is. Halo Episode 2. I don't feel like I watched any Halo this week. I mean, I did watch Episode 2, but I don't feel I don't feel like <laughs> I saw any Halo. You can wait to say that. Oh, man. I mean, least, did the rest of you feel like you watched some Halo this week? I don't know. I so I for what I I did you know, I did not watch the show this week. So I'm what? going. It's a couple weeks old in my brain. Look so, at that yeah. technicality right there. Yeah. I didn't watch anything this week. I'm going to say this. I'm going to start with Travis watched the first two episodes previously, and he told us a couple weeks ago that uh, when we were discussing it, that episode two was. Yes, um, polluted our brainscapes. That's true. Uh, yeah, and so I'm going to sit back because I know, I know, I, I didn't love it either, but I know you guys uh, seem to be more harsh on it <laughs> for probably good reason. I understand, but you guys go first. I'll wait to to give my piece at the end. Yeah, well, you know what? I'll just say mine's pretty simple. With everything else that I can watch, you know, even on Paramount Plus, but on anywhere else, there are so many other shows that are so much better written. So much better, you know, just everything. Everything is better. And that it was just the most boring episode I've seen of really anything up until, you know, probably within the past three or four months. I mean, I, like I, I was just like, Jim, Dan. I mean, I just, I, 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 my expectations are way too high, I think. But, you know, when something's in production for nine years, and 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 I, I wish got, people would okay. stop. I gotta say, I, let me stop you. I wish people hey, stop. Well, I mean, listen, listen. I've shows come out for like that that have like a one or two year production. But hold time, on, you know, it, it that, are, show, that are not. This what? show is not. It's, it's a misnomer. This show now, is not nine years. Period. It started. Now, well, wait a minute. Dan's point that I really liked. I think it was in DMs. I think it was Dan's. Was this is the script they went with? Eh? this is the production they meant. Two hundred and seventy-two. Yeah. Show has not been in production for nine years. Nine, they they literally people are saying that to make it sound worse. That's when oh, it's true. Three, four, three, Microsoft first mentioned that they're going to start looking at creating a Halo show. There's been okay. different showrunners, different services, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This show, well, right, whether, whether or not right this, whether or not this show is in production, they certainly had more than nine years to think about what Halo would look like as a show. I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm well, just you saying, definitely feel the growing pains, right? It's he's it, got the Showtime presents on the front. For Paramount Plus, and then what in the world is with, with the hard commercial breaks on a on a streaming show? I mean, it feels weird. They do they do full on, you know, oh, I don't. the end I of the app. Only, only if you're the cheap Paramount no, Plus subscriber, it's not. <laughs> I don't. I have not had one ad. Yes, you do. Go back and watch. 
I've watched both episodes twice. I I I'm not trying. I, look, I'm, you just you just glossed over them. My my stream was not different than yours. They do hard commercial breaks at the end of acts. That not not four commercials. <laughs> yeah, hard, yeah. What he what he's saying is that they, they do the they do cuts in they do cuts aims to leave yeah. space for commercials that aren't there, which is a which is like an outdated like form of filming of like television. Production. Oh, you're talking about when it cuts to the next. Yeah, scene? it it, do, it does like it does clear like like know, a full pad seven here minutes. and then picks up where it was going. I didn't yeah. mean I'm watching commercials. Yeah, okay. I, I meant that it, it feels very weird in a streaming environment to not to, to have that. It's, a, it's an old yeah. school type of television, and, and you like, saw that in the yeah. front of episode two that they did a full on previously on Halo. I'm like, I just it's a streaming service. What are we doing? <laughs> uh, that. That's that actually does exist in some uh, streaming services. Usually, Netflix services that have a button that said, "I've just watched the last one." Sure. Yeah, Paramount yeah. Plus being what it is, I guess. But yeah, I'm like, but, yeah, that was two minutes off the top. I'm like, well, that's two minutes I don't have back. Well, they allow you. Usually, they allow you to skip them. Like, I don't, I don't mind have the skip button on my Paramount. I don't, Plus. I don't, I don't mind recaps, but no, Paramount Plus does not allow you to skip. No. Paramount Plus. So that's your first winning condition is Paramount Plus. So but anyway, yeah. I'm, I don't know if, if this is – I'm watching it on Amazon Prime. Is that not – am I not supposed to be able to do that? I, you, you must be yeah. watching it with an Amazon Prime channel of Paramount Plus, yeah. right? I see. Okay, okay, okay. Yep. So you it's a little bit better on that, I guess I can say, if you Prime use that. Prime allows you to sub to other services through it, and then you can watch on that. Like I watch Stars through Amazon Prime. I right. don't have a Paramount subscription. I need to figure out how I'm watching these episodes. Oh, well, you, were, you were watching – you were watching um, – uh, like yeah. early review copies, right? Yeah, I, I also haven't I haven't watched a live episode yet, so I'll find out next week if I'm actually able to watch. When it episode. rejects you, yeah, when uh, it rejects me, so we'll see. So, so Paramount <laughs> Plus makes its or its first episodes free, so you can just pop in and check out a first episode of anything, I think. Um, and then the second one was probably your streamer, um, but your your code, but however you access those things. Uh, and then when you join the rest of us, you have to figure out a way to get Paramount Plus if you okay. want to continue with the with the show i, I do mean, man i'm gonna you. i'm gonna i'm gonna crawl up on that cross i'm gonna all right, just... all, right. all right i want to chat just a lot of opinions already in chat chat just simple thumbs up or thumbs down for episode two that's all i want to see now yeah and you carry can put those in super chat if you want you know that's totally fine <laughs> uh thumbs up thumbs down either way uh you know another we'll, twenty dollars we'll for the group yeah we'll take around we'll for the direction there but but no I, so i mean look I came out last week and said, I don't like the first episode. I, I didn't think it was strong. I thought it was paced poorly. I had a bunch of problems with it. This episode was materially worse. Um, and that's, you know, that's, you're going the wrong direction. Um, you've got weird covenant scenes with a weird lady that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, and again, I don't bring to the party what Ains brings to the party. I don't bring to the party what other people that are really into the lore brings to the party, but it doesn't make any sense to me at all. It's got gratuitous, random half nudity in it. Yeah, what was I, that? I, I, it seems like a Showtime vestige. I don't know. Yeah. We're not complaining about nudity, are we? Come on now. <laughs> I did. Did it? Not I don't know why it's necessary place? in that context. I, I look. I, I. I always complain about gratuitous whatever, whether it's violence or sex or language or plot points or writing. You want me to talk about the gratuity of the exposition? I'm happy to do that. What the hell was happening in the rubble? Uh, you know what? Why did we spend the episode there? What did they? What were they thinking when they put that family together? Uh, in in there. Uh, you know, I, why did Master Chief keep his helmet off the entire time? What, what is what is happening in this show? None of it feels like Halo. And I'll, I'll point to the biggest culprit because I forgot to mention it last week, which is that the music is god-awful. 
I have no idea who they got to score this. I'm not paying attention to the credits of this kind of thing. And I'm not trying to disparage this person's work because it might work in a different context. But it is not Halo, which has a very specific atmospheric and sound kind of soundscape that goes with it conceptually. And this is science fiction warbles that you would hear on Defiance or Star Trek or Andromeda or anything else. Uh, and it just takes so much of it away. And finally, I will say Reach is god-awful. Reach is terrible. Reach is everyone acting as if they are having a small bit of sleeping gas put onto the set so that they can talk as quietly as possible during what is supposed to be an apocalyptic extinction-level war. Uh, and you compare that to other war rooms that you've seen in science fiction media, for instance, like The Expanse, and you can see a marked difference in quality. You know that you don't need millions and millions of dollars to get that direction right, to get that acting right. And instead, it feels like a sleepaway camp where everybody's just this side of sleeping away. That's that's Halo episode two to me, and I haven't even gotten into random clones yet. So uh, I don't know. I couldn't really tell how you think about it from that, Rick. But um... Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> Dan's best example to me is even if it were a five or a six and not a two or something that I want to put on it, Time is the limited reactant. Time is the resource that so many of us don't have. And there are so many things that are better ways to spend your time than watching this. It is almost incalculable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not wrong. That's the problem. There's so much content out there. And I, 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 I have a hard time thinking that this is one of the best things anybody's ever seen. Um, even if you're like the biggest diehard halo fan you got to be like questioning like some of this direction and just kind of going yeah maybe not i mean i still like it but you know mm, so, so i can speak know. to that dan i can speak to that yeah uh by the way we got more thumbs up in the chat than i was expecting yeah you did. because our audience is weird sometimes maybe they're, they're we've gotten so far through it super chats. so yeah so, so here's the thing, and I, I talked to some of these guys actually yesterday in chat about this. Uh, so I, I think I said last week that I would have gave the first episode a seven. Didn't love it to death, but it was it was okay. I, I you know I can deal with it. Uh, and everyone knows again. Everyone knows how big of a Halo nerd I am. Um, this episode rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Um, and if I had to put a number on it, I'm, I'm coming down maybe to the the five range. Um, he, the thing <laughs> I can deal with differences from. The, the show to the game. I can deal with a, a new story arc. I can deal with a lot of things for the Halo show and, and what it should be. Um, the two things that really got me about this episode, and again, I do want to point out, it, we're not able to look at this season holistically. It goes without saying, right? So we can't see how this is going to end up in the big picture. So all we can do is talk about episode to episode, which is obviously what we're doing. And there's hopefully, I think we all we all hope they're driving to something better. But what really jumped out to me about this episode were two things. One, the writing's just not good. It's just not. Um, and I think many of us agree there. It, it's very, Elu has ranted about it in chat, but it's a exposition dump. You said the same thing, Rick. Uh, it's just like, it's like, make this point, make this point, make this point. And there, there's no nuance. There's no depth to what they're kind of looking to achieve. That That annoys me. The biggest thing for me, though, is that Halo at its core is about Chief. Chief is the reason people like me love Halo for what it is. He is an icon. He means a lot to a lot of people. And he's one of those characters that's bigger than life, right? There's characters in movies. There's characters in games. 
that people identify with, associate with, adore, cherish, hold on a pedestal, whatever phrase you want to use here. Chief is one of those. And he's that for me. And while I loved Halo 4, I loved Infinite, and I love what they're doing in general in the games in terms of showing the human side of Chief. Because let's be honest, for the first Bungie games, he was a robot. I mean, he, he was very, he just was a sol super soldier and that's all he was. And he they've was, done he a, was a big damn hero. He's not a robot like the robot that they're putting in the show. Fair. Yeah, correct. But they've done a good job of, of beginning to show the humaniza humanization, the human side of Chief in the games, I think, well. Just enough, right? He, he says more, but just enough. And where the show went with episode two, where he has his helmet off pretty much most of the show, uh, you get to see facial expressions. He's has conversations about food and fruit. And, and uh, I'm well, just like, he's, he's, he's armorless during this for those that haven't seen I mean, he's yet. in his undersuit and, and it's just like, it's too much, right? Like I don't mind you so showing more of chief and showing more of the soldier human side of him in the show. That's okay. There is a line though. And at some point, that line, when you start to cross it, is you start to damage how we view Chief. Because I'll tell you what, the we, most... We call that the Anakin curve, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Is Padme uh, okay? <laughs> but the, 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 the most exciting point of this episode, bar none, was near the end when Chief puts his helmet back on and he gives his nod and he gets on the ship and they kind of pan around the ship and he powers up and leaves... And it, think take about the that. Helmet off immediately. Think about that for a second, right? I'm saying the most exciting point for me as a Halo, diehard Halo and Chief fan was when he put his helmet on, nodded, got in the ship. It was focused on him for a minute and took off because that was much more iconic of what you expect to see out of Chief and Halo than him with his helmet off, making facial expressions and talking about, you know, all this other nonsense they were talking about. It's just he's it's good at the nod. To say something nice, yeah, you know, pop that nod. He does that. He's done it three times now. Yeah, and <laughs> actually, I actually don't have a problem with the actor. I just think he's reading terrible lines. I feel the same thing about Anakin. I'm, I'm going to wait to get to my Star Wars allegory. <laughs> but I think oh, God, I think I think Pablo generally is is doing a good job of trying to remain stoic in the way that we expect Chief to be, right? And he he's trying, but it's just it's it, it wasn't set up well in that episode. And I hope, obviously, episode three we're going to get Cortana. What she what there's a that. Again, now you're touching on Halo's sacred stuff, right? Chief and Cortana's relationship is what makes Halo. And we so can only you... hope that Halsey's lying about brainwashing. I mean, I we, we she has to be lying there, but we, we're guessing. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I would not be surprised if, if she was not lying the based on this show, but I'll wait to get to my diatribe. There, there's a there's a lot riding on this next episode and where this kind of arc goes, but I, I was not impressed with what I saw out of episode two. And now after the first episode, I was hopeful. After the second episode, I'm worried. Um, and we'll see where it goes from here. But yeah, I, I'll I'll end there. I know we got a couple other super chats I will not miss. So go ahead. They're hilarious. Go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, let's go ahead and get to the Super Chats uh, real quick. We got Hassan in the house. Hassan. Thank you, sir. They bought their uh, soundtrack from the SoundCloud for $5. <laughs> I, I really do want to frame this as I'm not sure it's as awful as it is in a different context in terms of what the guy's putting out there or what the lady's putting out there. I have no idea who made this, mo this, this music, but it is as wrong as wrong can be for Halo. It's like Mass Effect mixed with Star Trek it's awful. 
It's pretty generic. Although I think they did, if you noticed, Mass Effect fans, when he docked the ship to the rubble, the music that was playing, I think, was an homage to Mass Effect because it was almost identical to the galaxy map. In you think it's an homage? I think it is a lack of creativity. Either way, it definitely does. Yeah, it's doing the Mass Effect galaxy. Yeah. Slow, slow mo. Uh, in the it was a little bit, but it really wasn't enough. It was like they were sampling it. Like yep. some, somebody's cousin yep. worked on this, and he's trying to be a DJ. It was the temp track. You know, just yeah. do something like this. Yeah, change yeah. a few notes. It's that meme with the, I changed a few things. <laughs> Lomo with the five dollar super chat. I copy your homework. My pants a little bit. They bought the prosthetic for Soren's mutated arm at Spencer Gifts. That is one hundred percent true. You, oh you know my what gosh. I first jumped like, out at me? Do you remember? Do you remember Star Trek 09? Do you, do you remember JJ Abrams' first foray into ruining uh, yeah. space? Oh yeah. Uh, yes, yes, so he does a he's trying to do a funny thing where uh, Kirk has his his hands are huge because they he's been injected um, to try to get on oh, yeah, the, yeah. the Enterprise and. As soon as that pops up, I was like, oh, it's it's the Kirk gag. But <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It was just projects. Although I will say this. I actually preferred the younger actors for both of the characters. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Interesting. But, uh, th thank you, Hassan Slomo, for the Super Chats. Appreciate yeah, you. Forward. All right, Travis, let's hear it, baby. <sighs> okay, so I was trying to dance around it last week when I was talking about, like, the kind of, like, crushing pessimism of the show. But, like, <laughs> two... Two, like, solidifies that for me in so many different ways. First of all, to Hoag's point about what's going on in Reach, it's that is like boring Game of Thrones is basically what they're going. It's like Game of Thrones, except instead of being like conquerors and queens, they were all like office desk clerks. Like, that's basically what it is. And I I, I can't get on board with that pessimism. And and the reason, because it feels anti-Halo, not because I, I don't like pessimistic shows. Yeah, I'll, I'll suffer along with the best of them. I'll, I'll watch like Mad Men. That show makes me super sad. Um, but um, <laughs> but uh, but. To, to 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 it does feel very like a not halo when you can tell they're going out of their way and introducing specific plot points to make it more pessimistic and more like dark like the whole they could have easily made a cortana without the moral implications and like flash freezing clones but they put that in there specifically to make cortana even more amoral and like renegade as if her kidnapping kids wasn't enough they really needed to up the ante there you know what i mean so I, I that part of it like hurts me and then also the fact that all of the backstory we get on master chief is also like him being maybe he's always sort of had his doubts he's always been a little bit amoral and not like the unsc and question the methods and that sort of thing and you know to, to the to reiterate the point i made last week it's like to me halo is we're we're an imperfect uh, culture the UNSC is a messed up organization but humanity comes together when they see a greater threat and I feel like this is like muddying the waters and bringing it down to like in the mud and it wants like Master Chief to be in the mud along with the the UNSC or to be like the only good part of it right like the, he's the one paragon that that has been produced from the UNSC and I really have a, a hard problem with that Everybody else has touched on all the other stuff. Production value still bothers me. The writing, I think, is really bad. I don't mind the acting, and I actually think that if they're going to show who Master Chief is, I think, you know, show his face in the first episode, maybe give us the occasional bits of, of his face when he is in, um, you know, among people that he really trusts, like him and Halsey, I think he can show his, his face. That totally makes sense to me. And but, a different tone for that scene. To give it yeah. full credit, he takes a completely different vocal tone 
with Halsey. And I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that could be great. My, my main problem is I hope, I actually think you and I kind of had the same thought, which is the young actors were pretty great. And I would have liked it if most of the time we see John is him as it, when he's younger so that we get context for how he became the super soldier. But then in present day, we almost always see master chief and we don't I really liked get young John. John considerably more than, than current John. And I, I'm not taking anything away from the actor. Cause I think he's, emoting well uh, to me it's a it's just a mismatch it's tom holland playing nathan drake it, it's it doesn't play right for me interesting yeah that, that's that's how i feel I, I, I guess i guess for me it doesn't bother me as much because i don't have a very clear impression in my head of what John i guess i did act like right like yeah <laughs> to me to me he's like he's just no one and they were creating uh, something whereas nathan drake like i know what he looks like and it's not tom holland you know what i mean yeah um, but, but it's, it's not just the look see i'm always okay with an adaptation being like please don't try to match faces or things don't hire the harrison yeah. ford impressionist to be on solo for sure that, that kind of thing I'm okay well, with a completely different look, but I want you to embody the characteristics that I ascribe to the character. Um, and, and part of this is the writing. Part of this is mostly we've seen John doing things that I'm not used to thinking about him doing at all. So, so now I want to talk about the Anakin curve because <laughs> this is this is a problem that you deal with in Star Wars, which is like the more you see of something, the the less it it uh, you want to see of it. You know what I mean? Like the more you see of John, the less you want to see of the Master Chief. The more and that the reason that that is th that I know that that exists is because the more we saw of Anakin in the prequels, the le the, <laughs> the less we liked Darth Vader in the new ones. Now that we had context for what a whiny little like peach eating, uh, you know, bad at romance incel he was like you eaten all of that stuff. Natalie it was Portman. just, come on now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like all that, like you just, you just, it, it, you don't want to see it. And, and actually a lot of people experience that exact same problem in the same franchise with Boba Fett and the book of Boba Fett, where like the more you see him without the helmet, just being like a shirtless, you know, uh, this is writing. See, to me, I agree with you, uh, but, but it's, it's writing. You can do that. You can pull it off. But yeah, in my brain, as I think about you describing this, Darth Vader is a separate character from Anakin Skywalker, like entirely. Like I Correct. just don't cross that bridge to say that that kid is that person. I just, just but, but if I told you, hey, we've got this really killer character who's super well written and everybody's afraid of him. What do we what should we do with him next? The last thing you'd say is I want to see him as a nine year old boy. And like that, that to me is like, Lucas. all right. So I don't want to go too far onto this. Because yeah. We're, Cause we're going to get into Star Wars real quick, but, but the I, 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 yeah. of corrupted innocence can work really well. It just wasn't, it didn't work well there. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> okay. So, so in that, in that point, like I, th I think you can do it certainly, but I, I think that you just have to be careful and pick your battles about what you show because you can, you can do the story, right? You can so show John and connect him to master chief, but you don't want to get the moment where Anakin is feeding force peaches to his, you know, his first girlfriend. And it's just like, if it, I feel like we're, we got really close to that in episode two with like him just hanging out on, on this planet and talking to the, you know, I, I just, I just don't want to see Master Chief do that in any context. So Super Super 7 challenges you a little bit. He says, I mean, Anakin is a separate character from Darth Vader. Anakin died the day Darth Vader was born. 100%, but there's still certain things that we don't want to see from those characters. It'd be like, it'd be like you know, I, I assume Darth Vader has to go take a dump, but I don't want to see it on camera because it's going to destroy <laughs> all, my image of him. I don't want to see video. it. I mean, but no, but see the, the death problem. That's why it's bad when he says Padme. I, I use that example just now to, to back you up there. That's why it feels really wrong in that scene when he says, is Padme okay? It's like yeah, that. Exactly. What, what the hell, Darth Vader? What? <laughs> yeah. 
exactly. So, so I agree with you there. This goes back to my points from the first episode, which is they didn't bother to establish things first. That John scene maybe feels different 10 episodes in when you've gotten to see Master Chief, Master Chief, where you then take a different angle of a character that's established. Instead, you broke him apart from the start, and there is no Master Chief. It's, it's just John, and we don't even know what we're reacting against. That might be one of the reasons I like the flashback as much as I did, because I can... I could actually see John slash Master Chief in that younger character doing those things. And I just preferred it. So yeah, mm. if they if they said, well, we're scrapping the rest of the season, we're just gonna do training days uh where with the with the young Spartans, I'd probably be on board. <laughs> <laughs> so for yeah, for context for for those Halo fans that have watched all the other stuff, right? Like episode one for me was the forward unto dawn. Like it was like okay, this isn't big budget AAA, but I can kind of get on board with this. Episode two was Nightfall, where it's like okay, you obviously don't really understand what's going on with Halo here, um, and I'm just I'm very nervous for episode three. I'm nervous. You should be because we've what we've seen of Cortana. I am. I know. Especially I her know. creation process and all the stuff in it, and it's it, I I feel like it's going to focus a ton on boring Game of Thrones. Uh, Do you think? Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just worried about it a lot. And I I for I know you said it was a seven, and this one's more like a five. For me, episode one was like a five, maybe a six, which in IGN is mediocre, okay. Like I I could see it kind of in scenes, and then this is just like bad. Like yeah. for me, this is just straight up. Like I just I don't think the show's gonna be good based on if this is if this is the direction. Well, I know I posed the question last week, Travis, but if you tell me that the Cortana voice actress is voicing Cortana, why? she looks exactly like Halsey. I, why wouldn't you swap it out to just have Halsey be both? Because nope. I have no idea what that's going to come across as if you're going to render mouth the voice. Well, or you're well that's what's it. really weird is that as we <laughs> said last rendering. week, right? Cortana mm. is the AI equivalent of Halsey. That's how Cortana was designed. And Cortana has always been Jen Taylor's voice from the beginning. But now with the I'm show gonna... where you're implementing a, a be an actual being for Cortana. And, and what I, what I don't know is, is she going to be walking around and talking like normal? And then with Chief, she's just a voice in his head. And they're going to try to make that connection like th they would have in the games where she's a voice. But, I mean, Cortana was on a chip in his head. I'm very do you guys, do you guys, do you guys want to hear my super pessimistic answer that you're going to hate that I even say it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, think the, I think the reason they're giving Cortana a physical body is so that they can bang. I don't – I yes. <laughs> No, it's. Just, I it's honestly easy. think I think it's that's where it's going. I think they effect. want they want Cortana and Master Chief to bang, and so they had to give her a body. No, I, think that, no. I honestly think that because no. think about Hollywood. That's exactly Look, right. That's that's this is it. They want <laughs> to bang. If I'll say right now, if I know that's it aims, but if I'm right, if they no bang, no no, I I I I. I I admire you putting that out there. I don't hate that you put that out there. Right. If that comes to fruition. I'm gonna burn the whole thing down. Yeah, I mean, we're just taking it's coming off the air. I'll find a way to bring it. We're off gonna the delete air. this tape when the headquarters are. <laughs> all, all, I'm, all I'm saying is this is, the same, this is the same show that randomly introduced and then undressed before explaining who she was, the Human Covenant. Yeah, I know. It's the same show. By the way, Again, Gecko says this podcast is being sucked into the Star Wars and Halo lore black hole. Yes, we are. Yes, we I are. Tell a story about that. Her, I was just like, wow, they're really. She has no character. You want to talk about bad dialogue, by the way. What what, what was it? It's um, you found me and and raised me in the the religion of the covenant or the great the great travel or whatever they call it. I apologize. Yeah, the great journey. Um, journey. And I'm like, oh my god, that's that's straight out of writing class. Let me explain yeah. to you what you already know, uh, as clunkily as I possibly can. 
It's yeah. like, good yeah. job, writers. <laughs> Slow-mo said, I hope they do so the internet can explode. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> they would too. Like, you know, all that's all, going all through my head right now is like Chief licking like that glass bubble. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm just okay. like, that's like, Okay, okay. No, but seriously, uh, that is- I'm glad you said glass bubble. Plot. That's yeah. a Mass Effect 3 plot, right? Where they get the computer in the body so that they can bang. Yep. And I uh, that's the other problem I have with the show so far is it is just generic as all get out. Like they've really they've really kind of just sci-fi generic paintbrush over a lot of the Halo stuff. And and yeah, that bothers me. But I, I, I do not have a lot of uh, hope for the show uh, based on what I've seen. And I think if if Cortana is a person so that stop it, stop it. Stop it. It's going in a place, James. I think I think at that point you will be you will be on Hogue's side. You'll be out here. Oh I'll, no, I'll be well beyond Hogue at that point. Yeah, I'm more like I'm a, again, it's anthropology for me. It's like, what is happening? I'll be on their doorstep ready to, to literally rip the cameras out of their hands, and Dan yeah. will be cheering for season yeah, two. I'll be sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of will too. I kind of want to see where it goes. If that happens. I'll be like, I have to see that you told me was reported on earlier that I don't know if people know or not is that these showrunners are out. Yes. They, they, yeah. they were cut off from Halo after they put this one in the can. Um, yeah. And I, I don't want to stay on it because we've been talking for a while about it, but it, we don't know yet if it's an instance of that was planned, maybe not. Or if, if, if they got to a point in production where season one was already too far down the line and they knew it wasn't great. And they said, okay, we need to do something different for season two, but this one's, this one's already baked. You know what I mean? They had to go well, with something it, so. wasn't working out, whether that's from the writer's pr pr perspective, whether it's from the production houses, yeah. from whether it's 343. Somebody was unhappy with somebody when that kind of thing happens. Yes. So. Agreed. Agreed. So that's a good Lord. That's enough on the uh, the Halo show. We'll uh, we're going to have obviously have this segment in some form every week. Well, probably for you audio listeners or, you know, as I was kind of putting the notes together, I realized, look, not everyone is even watching Halo or cares about Halo. So uh, we may try to keep this at the tail end of our episodes every week. That way, if you don't care about this and you're listening later, just know once we start talking about Halo, that's going to be our last segment of the week. You're going to miss Travis and Hogue randomly crash clash on Star Wars, though. That's clearly <laughs> going to keep happening in the middle. Uh, we got a, a late super chat from Gecko Gamer. Although we Gecko. kind of agreed today, actually, on Star Wars. Yeah, we did. way too much agreement today, guys. I don't like it one bit. I don't like it. Gecko, back in the house again. Yeah, the, to segue out of here, what is the worst game you enjoy playing? That's like an on-the-spot. Right yeah, that, that's an on-the-spot at the end of the show. That is a bold yeah. take there, Gecko. Um, yeah, thank you. We might have to hold that off for like the on-the-spot question for next week. Well, let's make it on-the-spot to open us up but next Destiny week. Two. Destiny 2. Destiny 2. That is not. That cannot remotely be the worst game you enjoy playing. You say you find something in everything. Yeah, Nerf Legends. Um, <laughs> um, I, that is my on question. Answer. You guys want to open with that next week? Yeah, yeah. let's do that. So, Gecko, we'll, we'll save that it. one. Promise you we're going to open that with a, a, a better, more extensive answer from each of us yeah. next week. Give us some time to think about it, too. Yeah. So thank you very much. Gecko, you are far too generous, my friend. Yeah. So thank you very much. All right, guys. We are going to get out of here. A couple things to shout out. A lot, of, lot Again, just a lot going on in general right now with content. Um, so if you missed it, our uh, continuation of RDNA architecture discussion on our For the Record is uh, up for everyone that's on our YouTube channel right now. 
I also uh, sat down with ACG and spoke to him for over two hours this week. We had a hilarious conversation about all kinds of stuff that is up on our Patreon right now. You can find that. So if you want to support more of what we do at Season Gaming and check out some of these exclusive features, that's up as well. Um, my review of Weird West is up. You should check it out. It's on Game Pass. If you're on Xbox with Game Pass, you have very little reason or no, no reason not to. Very cool game. And next week, we finally get to talk about Lego Star Wars and Skywalker Saga. So that'll be fun next week. And I, uh, you know, we, and you won't we'll, miss our clash. It'll be great. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be fun. Crap. We are going to have to clash on it. Huh? <laughs> and then uh, lastly, I do have yet another statue unboxing to share. Mr. Mumbo Jumbo from Banjo-Kazooie and First Four Figures arrived this week. So I will be uh, doing a video on that uh, probably midweek. So you can check that out. But you got a now, Mumbo Jumbo statue? I'll watch that. Yeah, yeah man. Still. It's sitting right there behind the camera. I can't wait to check it out. Sure. Um but anyway, uh, thanks, everyone, today. You, you guys have been great, honestly. A huge, huge thank you to everyone who tunes in and listens. The numbers are crazy. Chat, you've been amazing today. You guys are generous and fun. And um, and as you can see, there's not – we guys, we had this this much engagement today. i just like to say this out loud. There's not a single comment that was fanboyish or that I had to delete or remove. Not one. And that's, that's what it's all about here. We're not about that here. I love – you guys like show up every week and chat with us and know that we all of us here just love gaming and that's what we're here to talk about we don't deal with the nonsense so just a fantastic community and i truly truly appreciate all of you so that's my my spiel to end on so travis hit us uh yes uh i did a ton of coverage for gdc that's the game developer conference last week and a lot of my um the coverage I did, the games are now out into the public. They've been announced. So you can see some of my coverage there. Um, Gun Jam is one of them, which is really cool. Um, I, I did a feature on a um, ARPG that's like Diablo, um, except for its comic book themed superhero. And it, that's the fuse thing. Yeah. And uh, and uh, the thing I highlighted in my in my preview is that it has one of the most disgustingly customizable power creation systems I've ever seen where there's like five levels of menus within sub menus where you can. Oh, just, let's like, go. You're talking yeah, my it's, language. It's crazy, dude. And so um, I did a preview about that, which you can. What find game is it? I'm com. sorry. It's called it's called Superfuse. Okay. Um, it's a it's a, a smaller studio uh, published by Raw Fury, but um, I checked out that game. I hung out for like four hours on a rooftop with the uh, developers, and we just talked about nice. it. They're huge fans of Diablo, and they're trying to create like a uh, a comic book art style themed superhero version of that, and and it looks really cool so far. Nice. Um, it looks awesome, so. but don't get too excited because they got a 2023 on that. So you know they do. Ah. Well, the thing is, it's coming out this year in in preview. It's early access on Steam, but yeah, it's going to be a while before this game comes out. And uh, uh, but yeah, really ambitious, like create cool. your own superhero kind of uh, ARPG game with uh, loot. And one of the things, uh, just a detail, I'll tell you guys that uh, I didn't include in my preview is that uh, I, I I made a comment on the fact that it takes place in like a superhero sci-fi universe, right? But when you loot things, that like the gold pieces pop up. What, the, what did Dan just dip? I guess he had to go. No, sorry about that. Sorry, Dan. is Dan now. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, they're like little gold pieces that pop up, and they make that same like Diablo like gold ching noise. And I was like, they still use gold in the universe. And they told me we had it be like money or or credits, and it felt weird for it to not be gold because they're so used to playing like Diablo. So they were just like, all right, it'll just be gold 
chips. Yeah, you just built <laughs> up some lore background on fiat yeah. currencies, uh, the digital collapse. Uh, Correct. Yeah, in, yeah. And I was like, okay, standard. so Ron Paul got his way, man. They went back to yeah. the gold standard, I guess. Yeah. Stuff, right? um, so. Uh, yeah, but but uh, that's really cool. Anyway, you, you can you can look at that. I've been doing a, a ton of content. I have a bunch of stuff coming to IGN. You can find me there or follow me on Twitter at Travis. That's it. Awesome. Rick, hit us. Sure. Well, virtual legality continues to go strong. We're just about to hit 60,000 subscribers. So join in if you're interested over there. This week we covered Bungie suing or trying to sue the John Doe's at the heart of its claimed, alleged, uh, fraudulent takedown notices, which was really about 25 pages of them screaming at YouTube, which is quite enjoyable. I covered that uh, uh, on the channel. I've also been covering the Sony PlayStation Plus stuff. Uh, and most recently, as I mentioned, as part of this show, we went over line by line the senators and why they claim they want to see the FTC stop Microsoft and Activision. So you can check that out at youtube.com slash hoglaw. Look up virtual legality. Anyway, we'll get you there. And if you want to hear my hot takes on Halo before you hear them here, you can check them out on Twitter at Hoglaw, same spelling. There you go. Guys, thanks again. Uh, I know I keep saying it, but I'm just super appreciative. So thanks again for everyone tuning in this week. That was a, uh, a blast of a show, uh, as always. And uh, yeah, we will see you next Sunday with more Halo talk, more Star Wars talk, and uh, hopefully whatever the hell happens this week. We'll see. So until then, thanks as always for tuning in to Big Cash, your weekly gaming show covering all things Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, and PC with industry and technical and legal. I'll add it for you, Rick. Insight. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> until next week. See you guys.